Talk Live. Talk Live, it's talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160, and with you in the studio tonight is me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And we have a lot of different stuff to talk about. If you don't know what Free Talk Live is, it's a talk radio that you can call into and bring up whatever's on your mind, change change the subject, comment on what what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. And we do mean whatever. If you want to talk about aliens or Bigfoot. Yeah, as long as you keep it. We actually prefer that. Yeah, Yeah, honestly. (laughs) There's a lot of nonsense in the world and, you know, Bigfoot and aliens might be more fun to talk about. Yeah. We only have a couple of rules here. One is keep it FCC friendly, don't cuss, and the other one is one call a night. The FCC feds will come after us if you cuss. So, I brought in a story tonight. I think I had said I was going to start with something else, but I just realized, like, I, I titled the show about this um, person, and I'm doing something a little bit different, so I'm changing a host rule, not really, it's not a rule, but instead of talking about something that is brand new news, I just want to talk about something that I think is really interesting, that more people should know about, and that... We'll bring up all kinds of conversations about the stuff we like to tell people about on here. Cool. So I brought up this story from Reason.com from the January 1980 issue. Oh, wow. We're going way, way back. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't know that Reason was a thing in the 80s. I only, How? I wonder when they were established. I don't know off the top of my head, but I only knew that it was like older than the like website because we, we actually did something kind of like this, uh, Riley and I on... Thanksgiving, we had a episode where we talked about the history of Thanksgiving. So, like, it was the same exact type of yeah. thing. It was like from the blah 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 issue, but I'm not sure what year that even was. I think it was in the 80s, but this is in January 1980. That's before Ian was even born. Wow! <laughs> before the founder of the show was born, we're going way way back. So, do you guys know anything about Wilhelm Reich? <clears throat> that sounds familiar, but yeah, honestly, that does sound I couldn't. To me. I don't remember much about it. Or him or the person. So, he was a doctor. Oh, I, just really quick. Reason was founded um, in 1968. Oh, wow. Wow. I did not know that. But Reason is kind of a libertarian-esque, um, libertarian-leaning, if not actually like openly libertarian magazine. Their little um, slogan or whatever after the word Reason is... Free minds and free markets. So it sounds pretty openly libertarian to me. And we use them a lot of time for show prep on this show. But I was so I was telling my sister about Wilhelm Reich because I watched like I started first. I I've had heard of him for a long time. And I kind of felt like you guys just like I know that name, but I didn't know why. And um, I read a book called The Secret Life of Plants last year that mm-hmm. I talk about all the time because it's just like, oh, my God, that was the most like influential book to me at least that I read last year, because it was just, like, it made such a huge, huge, like, perfect, you know, it made a good case that the government, they didn't, like, just call out the government, but basically, like, people who have 
reason to not want things to change, like the systems and, um, you know, things that give them their power, like people in colleges, people in the government, they oftentimes will go after somebody who is discovering something, whether it's true or not, that changes the paradigm. And they don't like it when paradigms change, apparently. They don't. They don't like change. They haven't, you know, come to peace with the fact that change is a constant in life. Well, they like control. So Mm -hmm. if something changes, it has to be, you know, based on their narrative or in a way that gives them, them, you know, the powers that be more, more power, more control. It's not always the government only, but a lot of times the government is involved, if not Oh, if you look deep enough, it's the where this leads to is like government yeah. control. And I feel like at this point, like government and at least especially in America, like government in like these mega corporations, um, like the, the one percent. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, universities like that is all kind of like conglomerately linked together, like or at the very least, they're all in bed together. Well, universities yeah. should be bastions of free thinking and learning how to critically think but you know today it's become less and less of that and more of like a, let's push a narrative well, they're state funded most of them yeah most, most of them yeah. are state funded and even the private universe the private universities are oftentimes worse when it mm. comes to like pushing like the the communist um like statist narrative oh wow um just just in my experience, like based on like the local colleges that I've known people that have gone to, um, like the the like community colleges and state colleges that I've been to were not as like commie as mm. the private schools, honestly. That's surprising. I felt like I was only in college for part of a semester and I was like, nah, and I dropped out of it, but it was a community college in San Antonio and I felt like it was I think it was just more this teacher, like my English mm-hmm. teacher, she was pretty calmy and would make just statements that sounded pretty calmy. But then again, the cur- curriculum wasn't necessarily calmy. So, yeah, but I, that was, you know, part of one semester. Um, but the, the reason I want to bring in the story about Wilhelm Reich is basically he is a textbook example of, oh, you want to change the paradigm? Well, then we're going to destroy all your works and kill you to skip to the end. Um yeah, spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> but also just that there's just so much to learn about the way things are in this world from his story. So let's get into it. It says, American Inquisition, the FDA's persecution of Wilhelm Reich. Wilhelm Reich, born to an Austrian family in 1897. And one thing that was really interesting to me was the place that he was born was part of Austria-Hungary, or however you say that, Mm -hmm. at the time that he was born in 1897, but today that land is now part of Ukraine. I was like, whoa, okay. I didn't, that's pretty far out, like far from where Austria is today. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, so almost, yeah, it was, it was big, yeah. It was way bigger than I realized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It says, Wilhelm Reich, born to an Austrian family in 1897, was trained as a doctor at the Vienna School of Medicine, the home of the early psychoanalytic school in Vienna. Though at first closely associated with Freud, Sigmund Freud, at Vienna's psychoanalytic polyclinic, 
Reich soon developed strong opposition to some of Freud's theories, resulting in his expulsion from the psychoanalytic community in 1934. He left Austria for Berlin, but only two years later fled Germany for Scandinavia. In 1939, closely followed by Hitler's armies, he moved on to the United States because he was like a Jew. And Right. Um, it's, it's interesting that they bring up Freud because Freud is the foundation of psychology and behavior psychology, at least from the psychology classes that I've taken yeah. over the years. You know, Freud has brought up a lot. Yeah, he was like the father of psychoanalytical things, which is like yeah. they sit there and actually try to get to the bottom of things. I, I don't yeah. know if that's a great I mean, um, yeah, definition. I think... Like, as far as Freud goes, I think he was, you know, right about a lot of things. But I also disagree with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know like a lot of him. He, he's kind of infamous for, like, hyper-sexualizing things. And, oh, like, kind really of is. He making it, like, creepy. Yeah, yeah like, he likes to definitely sexualize a lot of things. Yeah. And Freud definitely, I mean, uh, Reich definitely had that. But it's not the most interesting or... It's not why we're talking about him today. Yeah. Like, he... It kind of um was related to what... Um, in, ended up being really important about what he discovered. But his initial interest was do, does orgasm help resolve some issues within the person, like move themselves energetically? And I can't see any reason that that would be untrue. I I tend to believe it does. I tend to believe that orgasm does move energy through your body. Absolutely. And it can be a great way to work through some emotional stuff. And if you're with a, a really loving partner, you know, perhaps a good orgasm between you two or whatever, it can help you move through some experiences together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a very spiritual thing. Right. Absolutely. And that's like part of the reason him and Freud broke up, which is why I just have a bad taste of him. I, I like, like how you like said that, <laughs> why they broke up. Oh, uh, yeah. It just well, like sounded funny. They were like, I know what you he mean, was though. kind of a student of Freud. I don't know yeah, why, why he like... was like kicked out of the school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But basically, he believed that all um, neurosis was the cause of sexual repression. So, like, he mm, believed that's an interesting that, thought. Like, telling people how to orgasm, I guess. Huh. I, I'm pretty sure you can say that on there, but... I, yeah, I think so. It's a medical uh, term, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but, like, term. telling yeah. people how to... I, I don't know. They're yeah, like, not describing fine. how to do it on air, so... Right, okay. I think you're fine. That's a great um, way to put it. Um, so, basically, he believed that... So, he's really interested in that... And from it, it says in America, Reich began a series of experiments that convinced him that the universe is suffused with subatomic primordial energy, the sustaining force of all living phenomena. And he called this force orgon energy. So it's kind of like playing the names like playing off of orgasm. Mm -hmm. Neurosis and physical disease, he maintained, arise from biological blocking of its release in the living organism. Removal of these somatic blocks would not only rid the world of biopathies such as cancer, and he was supposedly curing cancer, but would remove sociological malfunctions such as authoritarianism and totalitarian governments. Interesting. Maybe we should be having more orgasms. He, so he was uh, starting to become a commie when he lived in Austria because like, he saw some kind of a riot, and it, I don't remember what it was. Like it was an infamous riot, mm-hmm. and it really interested him. Or it, like changed the way he saw things, so he kind of became a commie. But later on, he was really frustrated with the way that the Russians were being communists. Yeah, and 
I think he just like discovered over time that totalitarianism in, in general is bad. <laughs> yep. It yeah, is. I, I, yeah, and I think that's pretty common where people kind of they know the system's not working, so they're like, oh, maybe socialism. Like, it, it, yeah. On paper, it actually sounds very good and nice. Oh, of course it does. But, you know, um, for, it, for, you know the, the wealth is equally distributed among everybody except it requires on everyone contributing to the community. And if some people are like, yeah, I don't want to contribute anymore, it's going to fail. Right. Not even just that. I mean, whenever you have like people in power... They're obviously, I mean, there's not enough to go around because there's no incentive for work and yeah. production. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then obviously the people at the top are not going to go without. Right. So then they have an abundance. And they decide where the stuff that's created goes. Yeah. Yeah. So on paper, it sounds good. Not really able to be executed as good. In practice. Right. Yeah. Um. So he says in... In place of fascist social structures, Reich advocated a pacifist, anarchic society that he called work democracy. His motto was, work and love are the wellsprings of life. They should also govern it. Cool. Reich established a research laboratory at Rangley, Maine. I think that's how you say that. Do you know? Rangley? I don't know. I think so. I think so. And I really want to go there. Says, um, so ever since I found out that he was doing stuff there, which was only like last week when I watched that documentary, or like, I don't know, a month ago. Um, so Reich established a research laboratory at Wrangley, Maine, where a number of physicians and medical doctors in the Boston area joined in his investigations. He constructed metal lined boxes, orgone energy accumulators, which he called collected omnipresent energy for use in therapy. So basically, um, it was, because it doesn't really explain it right here, it was like a box that was lined with metal and had organic material in it as well. And there were like several layers of that. And then it's a huge human-sized box. He started off with small ones, and he could like, he was seeing lights light up in it and stuff. And I really wish that we knew more about that, but we'll explain why we don't later. Um, But whenever he started curing people's diseases with it, it it was a human-sized box with like a seat in it. People would sit in there for a while until the orgone energy of themselves was accumulated in such a degree that it was helping them out, like helping, I don't know, just energetically change things in their body, and it was treating cancer. It says, patients were to sit in these boxes to receive the benefits of the accumulated energy. In published articles, Wright claimed successful treatment of cancer, leukemia, and other diseases. As word of the orgone boxes spread, Reich's Institute began sending accumulators to interested persons throughout the United States and the world. One of those people was, um, who's like the guy you know as like a genius? Einstein. And Einstein, I, I kind of dislike him now ever since I read about how he treated Reich. It was like, I don't think he gave him huh. a fair shot. It was just basically... A, trying to make it seem like oh this doesn't make any sense but so like, you think that einstein just dis- was dismissive of reich right definitely okay and like reich spent a whole day going to his house and showing it to him and stuff and he was like oh it doesn't work because this and then when mm-hmm. reich responded to him and was like oh i see why you would think that but here's why you're wrong and like explained it einstein just never replied to him again and that just makes you think he's like you know he's them or they and them and those, you know? Yeah. He's one of them. I don't know. It says, enter now the Food and Drug Administration. These accumulators, the boxes, 
the FDA maintained were misbranded and adulterated within the meaning of the Food and Drug Act. Misbranded because their accompanying literature made claims of curative powers that were patently false, they said. Adulterated because their curative powers, if any, were manifestly below those claimed, is what they claimed. On February 10th, 1954, the FDA filed an action on libel of information pursuant pursuant to U.S. Code Title 21, Section 332A, seeking an injunction against further introduction into interstate commerce or misbranding of Oregon energy accumulators. Reich declined to answer or enter an answer or make an appearance in that action. Um, And I want to make sure that they have this quote in in this. Basically, he messaged the the judge and said that he would not be coming to to um, the trial. Did he write a letter to the judge or did he message a judge? Oh, wrote wrote a letter. Okay, he wrote a letter to the judge and he basically said that he wasn't going to come because the government doesn't have the ability to decide scientific matters Hmm. and it doesn't have like the really awesome quote i wanted right here but it says this is from him it says my factual position in the case as well as the world of science today does not permit me to enter the case against the food and drug administration since such action would in my mind imply admission of the authority of this special branch of the government to pass judgment on primordial pre-atomic cosmic orgone energy. And that's pre- pretty awesome. He wrote the letter, or the judge, and said, I'm not showing up because you don't have the... You don't, you don't have authority over scientific matters. Yeah, which is totally true. I mean, they shouldn't. Be, I don't right. know if they do legally or not, but... I would, I would think that the FDA should exist as an organization. If it's supposed to exist, if we're going to have something like that in a free society, it should exist to make sure that you know, people are putting safe stuff in their bodies. Now, these Oregon accumulators, if they're if they're scientifically proven to work, then yeah, people should be able to use them. Well, I mean, it also, it, I mean, food and food and drug administration doesn't sound like a food, and it doesn't sound like a drug. Hmm, so, I mean, even just like at you know, like the simplest definition, I would think that they would not have authority to say one way or the other. I think that the reason that they got their little claws into this was because they have authority, quote unquote, they claim authority over medical devices as okay, well. Okay, yeah. Okay. And that's what they were calling so, it. So I don't know if these accumulators actually work in theory or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested to, since we have the ability nowadays, we could do scientific studies and we should do scientific studies. We got to have, you know, control groups and things like that and, you know, have a placebo box and have real boxes and have people try them out and see if they actually work. I think they'd be really cool to try. Right. Um, one thing about it is we're going to get into the government went after him so hard and ended up destroying all his works that explain a lot of stuff that might yeah. be, you know, foundational to understand and how, how these things worked and how they were put together. Because he was like having them built, you know, I think that... Um, there was a little more to it than the way I described it, just to try to give people an idea of what it was. Um, but the other thing about it is people are, or the other thing I meant to say about that is people have been doing that kind of stuff. And a lot of people vehemently disagree that they work, but a lot of people believe that they do work. And we can get into like some other things that people have created 
on the same ideas, like following the same ideas of um, Wilhelm Reich. Maybe it's just placebo, but people should be free to have a placebo if they want to have a placebo. Right. And placebo is like, that's such an amazing thing your body can do. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. That's the, the mind is a powerful tool. I mean, yeah. if you believe that a sugar pill is actually going to cure you, then, then wow, that's powerful. And and then your body does cure itself. Yeah. That's I just mean, kind of proof of the power of your body. Yeah. That's oh, the, yeah. the basis of manifestation in like every single thing in our lives. Like we're constantly like, it's not just like thinking it. It's like truly believing it. It's mm. the belief like that's how things actually work. Right. It says on motion of the government defaults and a decree of injunction were entered. The defendants were perpetually enjoined and restrained from committing the practices set forth in the complaint, meaning that he couldn't continue his work. It says furthermore, all orgone energy accumulators were ordered recalled to the defendant's place of business in Wrangley, Maine, and they're either destroyed or dismantled under the supervision of the FDA. Additionally, in the words of the First Circuit Court on review of the lower court decision, certain listed descriptive literature pertaining thereof were ordered destroyed. The certain listed descriptive literature included all of Reich's published books, which were ordered withdrawn from the market and prohibited from further sale. But No, that doesn't sound like it. I I mean, I believe it happened, but that doesn't. How is that allowed? It's how crazy. is that legal? Yeah, that you know what I mean? Very much like States. government overreach. It sounds like a, an authoritarian Absolutely. government wants to control everything and say, "Hey, we get, we got to destroy this. It's too it's too dangerous. We can't have the public access." It this. literally sounds like something that the Nazis would do right. or like the Soviet Union would do. Like this yeah. sounds like communist dictatorship, totalitarian government actions. I mean, if you think about it, destroying the boxes is pretty, I, I think, terrible in my opinion. I think, But there are some people that might not agree with that. But I think most people would agree in the United States that it goes against everything that we're supposed to stand for to destroy literature. To destroy Absolutely, yeah. People ideas. should be free to have snake oil if they want to have snake oil. Right. Yeah. 603-283-6160 if you have anything to call in and talk to us about. We're almost done with this story, so call right in 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org.
Talk Live. We're back with more. 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And in the last segment, we were reading this article from, um, what's it called? Reason. Reason Reason.com. And this article is actually from the January 1980 issue of Reason Magazine. And it's all about, it's called American Inquisition, which is a good name. The FDA's persecution of Wilhelm Reich. And we're just talking about how messed up it was that this doctor, this psychoanalyst, this pursuer of scientific knowledge had all of his creations taken away that he was using and claiming and had plenty of happy people claiming that he cured them with this It's just really sad that the government is so eager to prevent people from doing different things with their lives that they want to destroy stuff. Yeah, I mean, even if he was crazy and... All of this yeah. was fake and made up, and de- like there's plenty of crazy stuff on the internet these days that you can buy to supposedly cure certain things. So you make know, things bigger or smaller. Yeah, and, well, like, it's probably all. And fake. I think um, or a lot of that. Yeah, and I think um, like nowadays, a lot of companies have to be really careful with making any sort of medical promises mm-hmm. or you know unless it is like actually proven and the fda approves it you know what i mean like they need to go through the proper channels because i know a lot of like vitamins and a lot of natural therapies that probably actually work mm-hmm. they can't make any claims like that on the packaging or in any of the commercial like they have right. to be very careful about their wording because the fda will go after them oh right. of course they will and you know Things have to be scientifically vetted, of course, but at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, if people want to have pills that supposedly cure certain things, people should be free to do that. It's it's their body, it's their risk, it's their choice. And basically, because of all this stuff that the FDA does to people if they claim things, um, they went after Wilhelm Reich. They told him, you must recall all of your boxes, which he had given for free. Like, he wasn't... Getting, he was getting like donations to do this. He was not charging the people he was healing. Um, well, because I'm sure this was like all part of his like experiment. I'm sure yeah, he like, was. It sounded exactly. like he was still in like the research phase of it. You know, right? And also, just if you really care about like helping the world, like he did, like he wasn't really doing it for like he was already taken care of, and he was just doing it to to heal people. Yeah, and um, so he had. A lot of these boxes were actually with the patients. Like, they were using it continuously. Mm-hmm. Okay. obviously, that means they wanted to use it. And he was supposed to, like, call all of them up and tell them, like, hey, send it back to my lab. And he he ignored it. So, and, and all of his literature was um, told that it was going to have to be withdrawn from the market and prohibited from further sales. So, that's where we were. So, we left off in the last segment, but... It goes on. This segment's called Book Burning Old and New. It says, Reich ignored the court injunction. Brought before the court on civil and criminal contempt in May 1956, he was found guilty by a jury of violating the court's prior order and sentenced to two years in prison. And that's the thing that sucks. Like, they'll they'll get you in prison by just basically something like this. Like, he absolutely wrote to the judge and said, 
listen, I am not coming because you don't determine, it can't be determined by edict what is true scientifically. I am not coming because you can't just, um, you know, figure this out in court. Yeah, it should be the scientists and people who studied this sort of thing to look into claims like this and say, okay, this is true, this is not. So, yeah. It's not the government's job to do that for us. Exactly. So, he wrote the government, or he wrote the judge, said that he didn't show up in court. Like, the so-called he said judge he wouldn't. is not science anyway, so. And um, he, they found him guilty of, they didn't find him guilty of lying and tricking people who were sick. No, they found him guilty of violating the court's order to appear so yeah that's how they get you like that's the thing yeah so they can't actually get you on what you really did but they will punish you one way or the other right or they wouldn't be able to the system is rigged against you like how are they gonna you know get a jury to say oh this is completely fake and stuff like that if there's a he has like a whole bunch of people come in and testify like i was sick now i'm not and i want to use this it's helping me and you know they they don't want to do things like that the way that it's supposed to, you know, the way that they tell us that their own system is supposed to work. No, they, they have to use these stupid little workarounds. So he got sentenced to two years in prison. He appealed the decision, arguing that he was engaged in basic scientific research, which no agency of the government had jurisdiction to interfere with or control. The court replied that the refutation of this contention is Obvious from its mere statement, of course, the United States government has power to forbid and power to take appropriate steps to prevent the transportation and interstate commerce of devices of alleged therapeutic value if they are adulterated or misbranded, they said. I didn't really say quote because it, I don't know, was it obvious to me? But that's what the government replied to him. Reich's books were withdrawn from circulation and his magazine and Oregon energy accumulators seized and burnt in the pre- and by the way, it doesn't get into this in this article from the documentary I watched. This was the FDA going above and beyond the order. Like it was ordered that his books be taken out of circulation and not um, printed until the like further in the future when things could be like figured out, whatever. But the FDA went above and beyond, went to his place where he had all his stuff and all his employees, had them come with him with multiple tons, I think six tons of literature books instructions whatever where he had written stuff down and they burned it like that's how you know that they don't want you to know something yeah, yeah they're willfully destroying property at this point right what year was this 1957 again? was when it burned okay. when they burned the stuff okay. i've never heard about any of this so this is all new to me oh i'm sorry they burned the stuff in oh yeah 1957 but the the court case was 1956 and it says Reich's books were withdrawn from circulation in his magazine and Oregon energy accumulators seized and burnt in the presence of FDA representatives. In November 1957, eight months af- of, oh, sorry, after eight months of imprisonment, Reich died in Lewisburg Penitentiary in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And, that's a little sketchy because he wasn't right. that old, right? He was 60 years old. Yeah, so that's young. It's really sketchy. Yeah, that is, oh, that is sketchy. That is young. But a lot of people say that they think that he died of kind of like a broken heart from all this. Or they killed him. But that's what I kind of feel. What was the documentary that you watched called? I just found it on Odyssey. I could probably find it again by search, or you you could search. I'm like, just wondering because I it's it's bothering me that I can't remember. Very recently, within the past one or two years, I 
I watched some sort of documentary or read a book that mentioned him hmm. and it kind of like sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Like I never read any of his books, mm-hmm. but I remember like I, it's probably still in my like save for later Amazon mm-hmm. cart because I was like put, I was interested in it enough to like put his book like a ton of his books in my car. I never interested in enough to to put it in my cart and save for later, but not interested enough to like actually read it, I guess. Like I never yeah. got around to it, but sometimes you just forget about that and then you're interested in something else the next Yeah, time. there's just so many books to read. <laughs> there are. There are a lot of books to read. Books they are great. Go on here talking about like you know, the implications of all this. It says, in 1633, a predecessor of Reich's, a fellow speculator, found himself for the second time called upon to justify his advocacy of heresy. A victim of subtle psychological oppression by the Grand Inquisitors, Galileo Galilei, is that you that? Can hardly be faulted for his final disavowal of the heliocentric hypothesis. So he's the first, one of the first people that was like, you know what? I don't believe that the Earth is flat. No, that's the Earth. The I think the heliocentric idea is that the oh wait, yeah, sun goes sun around the, the Earth, middle. not the other way around. The Earth, the, yeah, the Earth, the Earth actually goes around the Sun, but people believe to believe that the Sun went around the Earth. So he was wrong. He was the one that believed that. No, he was right because Uh-oh. he believed that the Earth went around the Sun. Disavowal of the heliocentric hypothesis. Okay, so he believed. Everybody else believed that the Earth went around the sun. Yes. I, w- I always thought that he was um, specifically saying that the Earth was not flat. I think that's that's been other people. Um, I mm. also think that the heliocentric model is the Earth is the center of the universe. And mm. the, Galileo was like, no, the Earth is not the center of the universe. Oh, okay. But see, they're, they're making this um, comparison about how it's not unlike other people who have had stuff like this happen to them because of the government but we have a caller on the line and that's what this show is about it's about you can take control of the airwaves and talk about what you want to talk about caller um i think that it's mark Uh, what's on your mind hello my name's mark i'm from western pennsylvania i'm really enjoying the the conversation um i wanted to 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 ask um in the last 50 years i'm an old cranky man um I've noticed that, you know, if there are things out there that really work that would heal us and make us better, you know, health-wise, medical, um, um, bodily, physically, spiritually, whatever, things are kind of poo-pooed, and then there's all these snake oils that I – maybe somebody who has a lot of money, they're they're putting these – I don't know, this is my – my conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. putting these, these snake oils into existence. Right. But um, I, I think about that, lower, too. Wouldn't this lower the chance that that they can make, whoever they are, can make big profits? I mean, American Medical, they have to, they have, they have all these student loans, and they have to, you know, and they only treat the symptoms. And then insurance companies, insurance companies don't cover the doctor I go to, and he does muscle testing. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but in the future, can you, you know, tell us about muscle testing? Because it works for me. I don't know I'm much about it, but I know what it is. It's Isn't it like basically, well, do you know what it is? I, I've, it's a gift. I think, People have a gift that can do it. Hmm. 
I, I'm not sure, but this is what my guess is. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like they will like lift your arm up and you say like, my name is Mark because your name is Mark. And then they'll tell yes. you to lift your arm up and say, my name is Nikki. So, and then th- you can't move your arm. That's what I was thinking as well. Um, I've done something like this before. I forget what the woman was calling it, but it was a woman that went to my kickboxing gym and she specialized it. She called it something else, though. I wish I could remember what she called it. I'll look it up on the break. Hmm. But um, is that basically like what you're talking about, Mark? Yes, ma'am. Thanks right. for taking my call. Well, thanks so much for calling. So Very interesting call with with things like muscle testing and foot zoning and energy healing. Maybe these are just placebos. But Mark is saying, "Hey, this is working for me," and he should be allowed to. Have whatever placebo he wants. But that's the thing. Like, what is just a placebo? For I all feel like I know, everything is a placebo, yeah, honestly. I, I, the medicine I agree with that, that like, yeah. You know, the medicine that they use on us at a regular hospital could like, be just a placebo, quote sure. unquote. You and know? Let's, let's get really controversial here and talk about chemotherapy. So, to me, chemotherapy is a literal poison for the body. So, if I developed cancer and I were to get receive radiation or chemotherapy like the traditional like modern medicine um solutions or cures mm-hmm. for cancer uh, or therapies for cancer i would probably get really really sick and die mm. but for someone who like wholeheartedly believes that that is going to cure them that might actually cure them right you know what i mean and i, think I and i think thing. this can be you know extended to like every single thing in life like our beliefs and whether and these are like oftentimes very subconscious things like it's not always like in our conscious mind but like our our beliefs based off of like or from early stemming like ch- into our childhood all of these like foundational beliefs like all of these environmental factors that create our core beliefs like deep deep inside of ourselves that is kind of what creates our reality yes so to our speak. beliefs you know what i mean our beliefs shape our reality definitely so it's mm-hmm. like if i just to give an example like if i were to think that like money is bad and i don't deserve money because of like things that have happened in my childhood or yeah. whatever like all of these like deep core seated beliefs that i have about money i'm always going to be poor and i'm never right. going to be abundant but if i grew up in a family that had you know a very you know, healthy relationship with fa- with money and I kind of, you know what I mean? Like those sort of things is going to attract everything into our lives. So I think like the, the true deep core beliefs in regards to literally everything, health, wealth, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like what type of car we drive, what kind of house, like what kind of partner. How we show up in the world. How, yeah. What like kind of this, partner we have. Absolutely. Our relationship yeah. with that partner. Even- Right. Yeah. All sorts yeah, of like, things. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, like you'll have somebody who's like, wow, like I'm I'm always attracting these jerks. Like every single guy I date is a jerk, and I've had like six ex husbands, and I'm a good person and I have a positive outlook on life. Like, why am I attracting all of this crap into my life? It's completely subconscious. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like the those are the things, and it's not impossible to heal. Like we can heal this, but it takes you know, it takes that deep inner work. And I and I think like every single thing in our life stems from that. Inner work is really hard. I mean, absolutely. I've been doing a lot of inner work over the last few years, working with mushrooms and ayahuasca and these sorts of things. And it's challenging. It's challenging because no one wants to go to an ayahuasca ceremony 
thinking, oh, I'm going to puke and cry in front of all these people and it's going to be so healing. People don't want to do this, except we do. We do want to go through these experiences. I mean, ayahuasca is no party drug and I wouldn't take it for a party. (laughs) But, you know... It's worth it. It's worth the experience. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think we need to use like any sort of substances or mushrooms or ayahuasca or anything like that. I think, I think that's a shortcut. I don't even want to call it a shortcut. I mean, like, but but it can be. It's a tool that we can use. Tool. Yeah. And I think every tool is valid. Whether you Mm want to spend time in scriptures or prayer or whatever to work with that. Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah. I I think that it's like if somebody is very left brained, everything is just material. That would be the perfect method for them because mm-hmm. they need to see kind of that. Like, how else could you just describe to somebody slash um, give them the, a new perspective where they can believe that like, oh, there's more to this reality than yeah. what you see and perceive with your ears and eyes every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it can be a good starting point. Like I know of some people who took DMT and it really opened their eyes to like what all of the possibilities of the world are. And sometimes people take that experience and they run with it and they start really diving deep into their like inner personal selves and mm-hmm. doing that work. Yeah. And then some people I know, I know That's, tons of people who took DMT, like hard launched, like saw all of this stuff, like mm-hmm. saw the universe folding in on itself and like, re- you know, like <laughs> went, to, went to source, right? But then they stopped there. Yeah. And then they, and they just I, didn't do anything after that. And they were like, well, that was cool. Like, I yeah. I saw, you know, like, okay, like it's where party. time and space meets. Like, I yeah, saw the Yeah, and that's the really fat, cool the, that you, you know, saw that. But now what do you do about it? What, yeah, yeah, what are you doing what? to fetch water and chop wood? Exactly. Yeah, now what? That's what they call, you know, like needing to, I forget what the word is. I was about to say, just like needing to integrate it afterwards. Oh, yeah. Integration. Yeah, absolutely. Integration. Yeah. I mean, the trips are fun and or maybe not fun, but they're <laughs> helpful. They're they're fantastic. Fantastic. But the trip is not the most important part of the journey. It's the integration afterward. It's working through yeah. your emotions and journaling and meditating or praying or whatever and having a practice of integration to work through mm-hmm. all of this. Absolutely. And work through all your traumas that still come up afterward. Well, we do have a caller on a uh, hold anonymous caller. What's on your mind? Yes, I have a question regarding the... Uh discussion going on with medications and placebos. I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Sure, what's your name? In the room correctly. Uh, my name is Stefan. I'm calling in from Georgia. Okay. Hi, what's on your mind? Or what, yeah, sorry, so, what, what's your question? Yeah, so do any of you personally believe that there is no distinction between a medication and a placebo? I don't believe that. That's not something that I've sat around and I think and, like, that's an studied. interesting question. Um, it's hard to say. Like, I'm sure there are medications that are really effective at treating certain conditions, but at the same time, if you don't believe they're going to be helpful, how are you going to use those medications effectively to solve? Yeah, that's the problem? called like the yeah. nocebo, right? Like yeah. the opposite, where you something could work for you, but then you don't believe in it. Yeah, so it doesn't work it's, for you. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I I don't know because I have seen people like even like in my work as a nurse, right? Like I study medications, I administer medications um, and I do see like, let's use an inhaler for an example. So someone's having an asthma attack and I give them a rescue inhaler of a buterol mm-hmm. and it stops there. Like that is me watching an actual medication working. But have you and ever I believe seen, that um, that works. Have you ever seen a medication like completely heal a disease? 
That's what I think um, is like kind of missing in the no, medical because industry. because that isn't what like medications are for. Well, that's what I'm saying. Treat like, the symptoms rather than the yes, exactly. that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. So I'm saying that like people can actually like heal themselves from their diseases with the power of their mind and placebos. If you read Joe Dispenza's work, but I've never heard of that happening in the medical industry, and that's just some thoughts I have about it. But no, I don't go around believing things that I don't have any kind of proof for. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, I was just trying to clarify that. Um, for I'm sorry, I forget the name of the second female female host. I know your name, Bonnie. Nikki. The other one? Okay, so a uh, quick question. You mentioned something about chemotherapy being a placebo earlier. Is that did I hear that correctly? Um, no, no. So that's that's not exactly what I meant. Um, I was kind of using it as an example. So like. Uh, more more about like deep seated beliefs, right? So like I have such a deep seated belief that the the it's poison that it's poison, right? It so is. like chemo, and it really, yeah, I guess, and and I will like wholeheartedly say like yes, it is poison. And even like in my medical background, like learning about um, like oncology and chemotherapy in nursing school, like that is the point of it, right? To to poison the cancer cells, but it also uh, poisons your your healthy cells as well. So I have such a deep-seated belief that if I were to have those medications administered to me, that it would kill me. So that's probably what would happen. Um, and then someone who is like, nope, this is, I trust the medical model. Like, this is going to cure me. It might cure them. Um, so it's not, I mean, I wouldn't call it a placebo because it's like a legitimate medication that they, like, I mean, whether whether you believe it's going to heal you or not, it's going to make you sick. It's it's literally poisoning right. your body. Um, but yeah, that was a long answer just to say no. I didn't I didn't call it a placebo. Okay, all right, thank you. Is that all you had? All right, hang up. Well, we we also have it looks like right. I mean, oops, dang it! I just hung up on Ricky while I was calling him. Oh Riley. no! Well, Ricky, if you're <laughs> hearing this right now, I didn't mean to hang up on you, and you can back. call back. We'll get you on there. Bye. Um. Anyways, continue on. Well, let's see if this is him or uh, Squidward calling. If it's Squidward, I'm not going to answer it yet. All right. Um, <laughs> Squidward. So basically, one thing I wanted to say about the original caller's point, Mark, was I think the same thing. That's su- such a funny thing. Like, I haven't really, like, how do I how do I say it? I haven't really brought it to the front of my mind, if that makes sense. But I think that a lot, that idea that maybe they, quote unquote, put out things that are like crappy fake like oh yeah I'm made sure. to even look like it would appeal to you know new wagers um stuff that doesn't work it would totally make sense that like the big pharma would put that stuff out just to give you the belief that oh muscle testing is also fake and and so is all this other stuff and mm-hmm. well i'm right was probably a quack and he deserved yeah. to have all this stuff burned but it looks like ricky called back sorry about that ricky i did not mean to hang up on you i went to answer and i clicked the wrong button. So, what's in your mind, Ricky? Oh, that's all right. That's all right, Miss Bonnie. These things happen, no doubt. And know there, Brother Riley. How you doing there tonight? Great, Brother Ricky. How are you? No doubt. And of course, Sister Nikki. Hey. All right. Well, I got to tell you what's on my mind. And you probably already guessed, I bet. That would be Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, no doubt. What is that? You know? What is exactly is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment? Well, it's a terrible thing that was created like these things are in 1867 to keep people like, say, like Jefferson Davis, as an example, 
from running for president. They used to be part of the Confederacy. And see, the problem there is Colorado. You know, it's it's funny because a lower card. All right, well, one second, Ricky. We'll bring you back on. I'm going to put you on hold. Um, 603-283-6160. We'll be back with more. It's Free Talk Live. Don't go anywhere. Insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful. That's the Decentralized Autonomous Organization. But Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That's Dash.org. So in the last segment, we were talking about... In the last two segments, we've been talking about basically the control the government through the FDA has over the medical industry and how you get healed and how you believe things heal you. And we also had Ricky on the line. Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. You were getting into the third section of the 14th Amendment. Was that it? That's correct. That's correct. And I might as well start from the beginning. Basically what it is, is it was enacted this piece of garbage in 1867. I think President Jefferson Davis's name, I sure, came up. And the idea here was, is that members, people that were of the Confederacy could not be president. Now that's added to the list, that you got to be 35 years old, and also that you got to be free. That's a good one that was made by Thomas Jefferson. Thanks, Alexander Hamilton, no doubt. 
But that being said, it is a piece of garbage. But now it's here. And what I find ironic about it. What do you, what do you, when you say it's here, what do you mean by that? Well, they enacted the damn thing. I mean, what, I mean, now here's the thing. Now I'm sitting right here with my battle flag on. Just that alone, I assure you, that thing would pop up if I'd run for president. But that ain't never going to happen because here's the other thing it was created for. After the war, it's created to. You swear to that. See, Ricky for the Commonwealth can't swear to that. Can't be president. Couldn't be a U.S. senator. Couldn't be a congressman because I'd be swearing allegiance to the union. We can't have that, can we? Now, what is that's the, the big thing. I think it's talking mm-hmm. about his Civil War battle flag. Is this the battle flag? It's not the um, Southern Cross. It's not the same thing, right? It is the same thing. Oh. I wear a three by three one with a border. It's a good one. Two hundred fifty six dollars, no doubt. OK. Yeah. But anyway, it's the same one. Uh, Captain Kickass pointed it out. And he's right. It is the same one. And one of the few places you see it is on the hood of the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh. That's the white flag, not the square one with so, no border it's the same Not the thing but one with no border the okay i see it here one with no border is the one for the navy yeah anyway, i looked this up before aside. yeah i looked this up before when you brought it up before but i couldn't exactly remember it's basically the confederate flag but it's more of a square and it has this white border on the outside and why is exactly. it called the it's battle flag it's a battle flag in north virginia that's the one that the flag bearer would carry literally in battle that was the flag during the Civil War, not the other one. Hmm. That was there, too, but that was for the Navy. But anyways, back to the, the 14th Amendment. See, the way I see this here, it's really funny what's being said now, what Republicans are saying. I mean, it's here. I mean, they put the damn thing in there. And, yeah, Colorado's now saying that Trump is, is outski from the Yeah, primary. yeah, we're going to get into that. It's really crazy. Right. You, know, you know what's really funny about the whole thing? Now, that being said, just like things are, uh, we are a republic after all, and you got the union. So that means that now Colorado says it. Now that is an impact on others. Now it is going to go to the Supreme Court, and they're going to throw in the garbage can because they're they're just they're just corrupt. There's six of them. Six of them are corrupt. Three of them are court uh, appointees by Trump. But the funny thing about this that the other Republicans are saying, and these are ones running for office, they're saying, "Hey, you know what? The people should vote him out." of not being president. I'm like, wait a minute. This is your damn happy U.S. Constitution we're talking about. See what I'm talking about with these guys? Well, you so know? let me just explain to the callers. So um, we haven't gotten into it yet, but we do have this story that Riley brought in. Apparently, the Colorado Supreme Court has kicked Trump off the state's 2024 primary ballot for, quote, violating the U.S. Constitution. Here's and supposedly, it has, right, right. Trump supposedly committed an act of insurrection. And yeah, it says the ruling marks the first time a 14th Amendment challenge to Trump's candidacy has been successful. And it's pretty crazy. It's strange that you think it would like right. be all or me nothing when it comes to that? I would do it. Me just wearing my battle flag would do it. Long live the Confederacy. Now, oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that they would, they would probably kick you off the ballot just for the same type of Thing. Well, thank you for the call. Or I guess, the, yeah, they could in theory. Ricky, maybe maybe they would if they use the same argument. I'd this, love like, to hear up. more details about that Trump thing because I've been hearing about it, but I haven't really like researched too much into it. Definitely. I, um, I only heard about it tonight when R- uh, Ricky, or sorry, Riley Sia called him <laughs> Riley and called that's you Ricky. Funny. Uh, brought this story in. I've literally only seen memes about it. Hmm. Yeah, I well, I've read <laughs> tweets about it, and I found the yeah. article about it, so I kind of know what's going on. But 
at the same time, it's just a crazy story. I've it been just happily seems... like not on Twitter or Instagram That's or anything. Great. Today, I just went and um, I wanted to post like my favorite Odyssey person on yeah. Twitter because I want him to have followers. But um, I haven't been like scrolling and I've been logged out for days. Oh, that's so great. I'm I'm happy for you. I wish I could say the same for myself, but I cannot. Um, but so going back to the Trump thing, I would think it would be an all or nothing thing. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's strange that like one state could do this. Right. That's kind of weird. It seems well, like it would be like a federal thing, right? Yeah. Interestingly enough, like I as a libertarian, I think we hold that state rights should trump federal rights and so my thinking Uh, is that this is a primary ballot colorado the state of colorado has the right to decide who they want in their primary ballot i know what you mean and i absolutely um agree with state rights trump federal rights but to me it just seems like something that well if they can even say that wouldn't the feds be basically saying, yeah, like you can't run for president? Like that seems like we seem, it seems like we yeah, skipped a step. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I kind of my it, thought it process. It seems like it's so a little weird. It seems like a lot of people want to railroad Trump for supposedly committing an act of insurrection and, and they're creating this political martyr for the right because there are people right. on the right that absolutely adore Trump. And I do not adore Trump. I think he's a horrible human being, a horrible statist. And we would do far worse if we had Trump in power again, in my opinion. That being said, the rights are going to see him as a martyr as he's going through the court battles that he's going through, and that may make him a hero in their eyes. I mean, yeah. the way I look at it is I don't really believe in voting. I think all of this is really dumb. But a lot of people are, like like you said, they're... They're in love with him. He's their martyr. He's yeah. their, their, they, they worship him. Yeah, they hated, um, the, I mean, love the FBI until like and last I'm, year. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are tons of people in Colorado who are, you know, have like 17 Trump signs in their yard, like I see all over New Hampshire when I'm driving around the state, um, and they have the right to vote for him. Like, I think that's just kind of... I mean, like, if we're going to do this whole weird song and dance, like, let's do it. Like, don't yeah. take away people's right I agree to with vote that. for who do they the want to vote and for. Dance and pretend that the so-called president has any so-called authority over yeah. us. And just rig it less. Yeah, let's, let's just rig the well, election. Yeah. It, you know what? Like, so I was telling somebody this other day. So I was somewhere. I think I was actually in Massachusetts, technically, like right on the border. And there was this house that. I, you know, like we've all seen those houses that are just like decked out in Trump, but these people, it was like nothing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Every square inch of their house had some sort of Trump flag. Trump oh sign. my gosh. They had cardboard cutouts of Donald Trump and Melania. I mean, the that Melania, like you got a special insane. order that one. Yeah. You, know, you can probably get a Donald Trump cardboard cutout very easily, but Melania, you got a special order her. The, they had lights like it was... It was like wow. an attraction, and I, my biggest regret is not turning around. I was driving, right? So my taking biggest regret is not turning around and taking a picture, and I want to go, like I dropped a pen, and I'm like, I need to go find this house again just because it was so funny, but my point is, people, if people are that obsessed with him, like people do that like with like Jesus decorations yep. for Christmas, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. That's like the that, level. It is like their God. Yeah, I bet they're yeah, not like doing they, it for Jesus they, for they worship him. Like, that's the thing. So it's like, if somebody loves him that much, 
I really do think that that person, like, if, if they have the right to vote for anyone, they should be able to vote for Donald Trump, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like at, at one point, or at some point, they're going to be able to claim that it's, like, going against their religious freedom. They yeah. might. I mean, yeah. Like, if, if, if he's their Lord and Savior, then it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen anyone deck out their house, like, no, to never. that level for yeah. Jesus. Like, no, that's you know, thing. Yeah. Or Muhammad. Or any other political candidate. Are you kidding me? I guess it, it, it just seems like Trump has become this savior figure in American in American minds, and it's really mm-hmm. scary to me because it is scary. Yeah, he's been saying some crazy stuff. Like immigrants are ruining the blood of America, and, and we should uh, bomb Mexico. Like he got yeah. that idea from Vivek, of, right? He, I mean, he got that idea from Vivek, and now icky. all I was about to that. say like Vivek said the same thing. I so. can't stand him either. I really think he's gross. And so ugly. here's the, here's the thing about presidential elections: they're more popular than the local elections, and yet the president of the United States affects you less than yep. your local so-called Absolutely. government. Right, and so. Mr. and Mrs. America, as you listen to the show and you're more excited about the presidential election, thinking it's the most important of my lifetime, I'm here to tell you, no, it's not. I really don't care. It's all nonsense to me. I don't care who the thug in the White House is. It's all just nonsense to me. Now, if you want to get more obsessed about your local elections than the so-called presidential election, great. We can have a conversation because those conversations are more important than the stupid yeah. moron the, in the White House. Yeah, and I I honestly don't believe that, and this is going into like kind of conspiracy theory territory, but I don't actually believe that whoever the president is has any actual power. Like there is a entire team of people behind them that are making the decisions for them. Like you want to, you want to tell me that Joe Biden is making any decision? (laughs) Probably not. He doesn't decide what he eats. He doesn't decide what he. You know, like where's to the point I can't even believe that he's a real person. Like, I think right. he might actually be some sort of like robot. You know I don't what know I mean? If I like, agree with you on that. I think he's a real person. You know it's just I mean? so interesting that they keep trotting this. I mean, old he's at least out. like they has dementia. Make, you know what I mean? Like, they don't, I don't know why I said make, but earlobes don't just suddenly <laughs> dislocate. Yeah, they don't make earlobes like that. Yeah, they don't. That's what I was going to say. They don't make earlobes that dislocators. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you've heard no of this, Riley. Yeah, so, I, I don't know if you've yeah, heard of this. But, I have the conspiracy that yeah. it's like not the real Joe Biden and he <laughs> okay. like died or something and they, they replaced pictures him. pictures where old, older pictures of him, I can't remember which way it is, but so older pictures of him either, either have his earlobes connected to the part of your face slash neck that your skin your ear is next to you like for example mine are connected well i that doesn't make sense because you can't see what i'm doing over here but mine are connected but the one there is another type of ear that a human being could be born with that is kind of it just hangs down the, the okay. bottom of the lobe like where you pierce it hangs down uh-huh. and um there is pictures where joe biden is younger or like you know just like still old but like 20 years ago where his earlobes are disconnected right but whoever is the president right now has connected earlobes or it could be the other way around where they used to be connected now they're disconnected but it's absolutely insane if you like compare those pictures side by side how different his ears look and it's like nobody gets plastic surgery to get different types of ear maybe he does maybe he's an (laughs) exception he could be i mean that's just as crazy isn't it like that as it being a clone but I don't know. I'm not really like, oh, I totally believe that. Like, it's like we were saying earlier. I don't go around believing that Joe Biden is a clone, but it just either way, it doesn't even matter. Right. That's kind of like how I think about it. I'm like, it's kind of funny. I'll entertain these things. Right. Just because like, why not? 
Um, but either way, like whether this is the Joe Biden from like, honestly, I hope it's not the Joe Biden from like 40 years ago because he was a major piece of crap. He's you know a what horrible mean? drug warrior. That's he was for sure. A, a, I mean, he's a, honestly, he's still a bad person. Yeah. Bad person then, bad person now, but he was just more racist. like racist He was openly. more openly racist back right. then, I guess. Well, we can get into this story if you guys want and see if there's anything else that we haven't really covered about this. It says... So this makes a little more sense why Riley was, I mean, I mean, oh my gosh, Ricky, <laughs> the caller, was talking about this. Apparently it has a lot to do with the 14th Amendment. Um, so this is from NBCNews.com. Colorado Supreme Court kicks Trump off the state's 2024 primary ballot for violating the U.S. Constitution. In a bombshell decision, Colorado Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled that former President Donald Trump's candidacy in the state's primary next year is prohibited on constitutional grounds. The first of its kind ruling stems from a lawsuit that focused a little-known provision in the 14th Amendment of the United States uh, sorry, of the United States Constitution. Similar challenges in other states have proven unsuccessful. Quote, a majority of the court holds that tr- President Trump is disqualified from holding office um, the office of the president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States, unquote. And that's what the Colorado... <laughs> oh, my God. So the Colorado ruling said, because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. But it does make me wonder, like, can people just do a write-in campaign for him? Oh, I'm sure they could, and they probably will. Probably. So he just can't be listed on the ballot. Which really does hurt his... Chances, because as we know, yeah. people just go and choose the name that they think looks best or something. Yeah, they pick the R or the D. Right. Well, Since, I guess for the primary, there's, you know, you get a few R's hmm, right. to choose from. Yeah. But. Says, in its opinion, the court explicitly stated that Secretary of State Jenna Griswold may not list President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot. Nor may she count any write-in votes cast for him. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That doesn't seem... That that doesn't seem constitutional. That's a little concerning. Like, why... That's going even further. Like, why shouldn't people be allowed to vote for someone... It's crazy. So, is Colorado a swing state? I don't know. I I think think Colorado's primarily both to the left. Yeah, I think of them as Democrats. Okay. Because I was just wondering if... Because if they... We all know like the the um, these elections are like so close, especially for like the the final presidential election. It's like right, right up there, like neck and neck, 50, 50 most of the time, like Mm -hmm. within a few percent is how which which way it goes. Right. It's a huge state and it's populated on like, you know, like Montana. So so my point is, if they sabotage him on this one state. That could be the make or break whether he wins or loses the primary. Right. Like all, like maybe all it would take is one state, and since it might it's be always that, so close. You know, it might be really. They might have done this very um, strategically. Like maybe they were looking like they were going to vote for Trump, and you know, it's pretty big yeah. state, so they have more. Um, I forget what they call it, but more of the like the electoral college. Yeah, electoral thing. college. Yeah, they right. have more more of those more votes in the electoral college yeah. I don't know which how is so dumb that. the electoral college shouldn't it's crazy. be a thing i did not know how that worked when i was a kid it was really not until i was like almost old enough to vote that i learned that you don't just count how many votes actually yeah, I got think voted i I, w- I learned that at some point 
in public school, they taught us about the electoral sure college, and I, I just did. remember it like being I didn't, really like, like internalize it. Yeah, yeah, like it was just really complicated the way they explained it, and we were all yeah, like, it's, "It's really it does complicate the electoral the election process because you have certain representatives from certain states, and it's based on yeah. population size. So yeah. states like New York and California definitely are going to run the elections a lot absolutely more heavily than states like montana or idaho or pennsylvania it it seemed like it might have made sense like 200 years ago you know what i mean Uh, but it doesn't make sense anymore i don't think it's kind of like what you were saying earlier like if we're gonna do this whole song and dance just do it right like if if we're gonna be a democracy it it should be it, it should be the majority not that i really think that that's a good thing but, but if we're going to do it, if, if if they are claiming that this is a democracy, right? like if we're going to do it, let's do it. Let people vote for who they want to vote for and just count how many votes there are. And the main thing that I did not know was basically there is this like they're not they're not mandated to vote the person, whoever it is. That is this electoral college person who puts in the vote isn't mandated to put in the one who actually won their landmasses vote yeah like oh, yeah they vote for whoever they want they could end up doing that like every yeah. single time i yeah. think in history they've basically always voted for who their area voted for um but they don't have to and that's no. so weird yeah like that makes it even crazier um but it says in its opinion the court explicitly stated that oh yeah i just read that the court put its decision on hold until january 4th to allow for further appeals so i guess it's still Kind of up in the air. But if it doesn't get appealed by January 4th, which isn't that far from now, it might uh, be set in stone. It also said that if the matter is pursued before the U.S. Supreme Court or before, yeah, pursued before the U.S. Supreme Court before that date, the pause will remain in effect during that time and Colorado will be required to include Trump's name on the primary ballot pending action by the Supreme Court. So here's what's interesting sense. about this whole thing. So I've been reading some tweets from people who fled communists to China, hmm. and they're looking at the situation as a repeat of what other communists and socialist and dictatorship governments have done in the past, where they start removing certain candidates to rig the election a little bit. That makes sense. I mean, it's not um, just China, like all kinds of authoritarian governments have done this. I had this story for a long time. I'm pretty sure I read it on a Thursday. Um, apparently there was a primary vote in Venezuela and they just decided to delete that. Basically, like there was a primary vote for the opposing party, whatever it is called there, opposing as in like the person who's currently in charge is not part of that party. They didn't like the winner. So they just kind of deleted it and they're going to do it all over again. That's insane. So, you know, maybe America sliding into totalitarianism, maybe not. And it's funny because, you know, when we read that story, sorry, I cut you off. But when I read that story, it's just occurring to me. I said, people like to act like stuff like this can't happen in America, but it can. And now yesterday this happened. Yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, whether we're sliding into totalitarianism or not, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. I mean, are are people in Colorado who really want to vote for Trump going to be allowed to vote for him? It's going to be interesting to find out. I think so, too. And it's like on Free Talk Live, we don't talk a lot about this kind of news usually, but this is pretty big and crazy and just kind of pulls back the curtain, you know, and you can see yeah. the man behind the curtain. When yeah, you-, you can see the controlling parties and the controlling authoritarian figures. 
Definitely. Okay, it's six. Uh, it's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 is the number. More coming up. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call that's 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie riley and nikki and i want to tell you about fork fest join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 13th through the 16th for the 8th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. ForkFest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find those links. You can find the links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th. Forkfest.party. So in the last segment i don't know why i couldn't think of that word right now we were talking about what colorado was doing and just to like give the listeners a quick um summary basically colorado yesterday the supreme court of colorado decided that they would now not have trump on the primary election it's on hold the decision is a little bit on hold but lots of people are pretty freaked out about this because it kind of sounds like something, you know, communist China, they'll say, would do. Or Venezuela. Yeah. Or some other crazy country like that. Just some really totalitarian country would totally take a, a popular president off the election. Oh, yeah. And this oh, is yeah. definitely adding more fuel to the fire of Trump lovers because he's such yep. a martyr. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the thing. Every time they do Trump dirty, it makes his like, you know, then they like, you know, double up on their signs. Yeah, there was they that do. person. I it's just I even just like driving around. I'm like looking at the houses like this is insane. There was like the person in Fitzwilliam that spray painted their house. Their actual house, they spray painted it. Trump 2024. <laughs> Whoa. I think they painted over it now, so it was like a temporary thing. I wonder thing. if the government made them, like the town. I, I doubt it. Hmm. I think they probably just, uh, especially like small town like that in New Hampshire, but I think they are probably like about to paint their house anyway, so they're um, like, yeah, let's spray paint it. Trump funny. 2024. Well, apparently that happened in New Hampshire. I'm not sure which town off the top of my head, but Ian would talk about this. Apparently during Ron Paul running for president, Somebody had put a nice mural on their own garage wall or door of Ron Paul, said like Ron Paul 2008 or whatever. And the government went after them for it and forced them to cover it up. I know it's a a thing in New England with like historical houses. Hmm. Like there's some, if your house is historical and it's in a certain area of town in some like historical towns, you, it can only be painted white Hmm. or like an approved color. Like you can't change the color of something like you have to keep which I, is it's like strange, you don't own it that's but crazy. i doubt that was the case with the ron paul thing so it's not yeah. a super common thing it's like your house has to be like legit from like the 1600s yeah. and to be able to like for them to make those rules it could have wow. also been an hoa thing which would just like kind of suck yeah, that would but make not sense. be the same yeah I, c- I can't remember off the top of my head ian would know but i wanted to move on to this other story riley brought in from the guardian Satanic Temple condemns vandalism of its statue by Christian military veteran. Is this the one in, oh, yep, in Iowa, Iowa State yes. Capitol? Yes, this is a huge story last week. This We can get into the story, but it's an illustration of freedom of religion. Right. You know, the Christian world loves to tell how they're all about freedom of religion. But let's get into the story and we'll we'll discuss the freedom of religion that they supposedly believe in. I wish that I had thought to bring up this tweet. I saw a tweet tweet by a well i guess it's not called tweet anymore Ugh, i hate i hate that yeah um, it's frustrating no it's still, I'm still tweet. calling it twitter it's fine. and it's, tweet yeah i know i i hate it apparently you know elon must change the name to x.com just the letter x.com and that's yeah. so stupid and it's um, stupid so <laughs> i just saw a funny headline funny to me because i guess i'm a child but let me move on to this one. It says, Satanic Temple condemns vandalism of its statue by a Christian military veteran. Michael Cassidy arrested over tearing down of Satanic Altar, a symbol of human- humanism and anti-authoritarianism at Iowa Capitol. And the, and the thing I was going to say I wish I had thought to bring up was there was a state rep of Iowa who was a Republican that actually and a Christian who was actually defending this thing. He was saying, listen, I think it's disgusting. I hate it so much. He's talking to his Christian followers. And he was like, but the thing that we need to understand is if we have the power to tear this down, well, Satanists have the power to keep God out of, you know, people from praying in school, stuff like that. You know, like, I don't and know that's if that's the, the example that, gave. that people don't realize is he really had a good understanding of like when freedom. you prohibit someone from having a display, if, if you believe that you have the right, let's say that. You want to put a statue of Jesus Christ in your state capitol building. What if I want to put a statue of uh, a jaguar with horns or, or, or tail and call it Mother Ayahuasca? <laughs> I mean, what right that's do you have seen, to... something you've seen, Riley? What's that? <laughs> I was joking. I was like, is that something you've seen? <laughs> <laughs> it seemed really not, specific. But... <laughs> but it's just interesting, like... 
why can't I do that and you can have your statue of Jesus? I mean, we have this warped understanding of what freedom of religion is in America. People think that freedom of a lot of Christians really think that freedom of religion just means like I'm free to be a Christian and Everyone forget else everything else. Right. Everybody else. No, that's not the case. Well, let's get into it. I, I agree, Riley. It says the leader of an organization whose satanic altar at Iowa's state capitol was torn down by. And the thing is, what back when I read that statement, that was all I knew about this. I didn't hear about this um, update that it had been torn down says um, it was torn about down by a Christian military veteran on Thursday has dismissed the vandalism as a real act of cowardice, which is a great way to put it, you know. Oh, yeah. Being afraid of new ideas, kind of like the book burning we started off talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, by the way, I'm going to put the, that whole article about Wilhelm Reich that we started off with in our all of our social media. I'm going to try to post that today because it was just really long. And I feel like we had a lot of good things to say about that story, and so I just kind of wanted to move on. So find it at social.freetalklive.com, which links us to the Mastodon server that we have. Yes, thank you, Riley. I always forget to kind of give that one out. Yeah. So yes, it was an act of cowardice is what the um, the organization, I guess it wasn't necessarily the satanic, maybe the satanic temple is the organization they're referencing. So it says, there's a certain point, this is a quote. This is, there's a certain point at which we need some adults in the room to tell people what liberal democratic values are, what their value is, why we uphold them, what they're good for, and they need to stand up for these values or we're going to further degenerate in our polarism towards autocracy, the co-founder of the Satanic Temple, Lucian Greaves, said. Well, I wonder if his name's really Lucian. Sounds like Lucifer. A little bit, yeah. Lucian Greaves. Oh, Lucian. That's probably what it is. Because there's like the name Lucius I've seen, but I've never seen this. Yep. The Satanic Temple obtained permission from Iowa's government to erect a statue of a goat-headed figure at the state capitol in Des Moines, along with the group's seven fundamental tenets, which call on members to act with compassion and empathy toward all and declare people's bodies as inviolable. And I think that's how you say that. The statue, oh, sorry, the statute and its association, it does say s- statue, but the statue and its association with the Satanic Temple ignited a fierce debate over the breadth of the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment, which provides Americans their core freedoms of speech and religion. And that's kind of a messed up sentence. It doesn't provide you those freedoms. You absolutely have those freedoms. Oh, absolutely. You have those freedoms. It's no just- matter what. The government is saying, oh, we recognize that you have these freedoms in Exactly. In paper. And that's how people need to think of that. You yep. don't have a right because the Constitution says so. You no, have a right you have that because right you're inherently. human. It's just the right. government saying, we recognize that you have that right. Exactly. We won't kill you for it. Yes. Uh, allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Iowa's governor, Kim Reynolds, issued a statement calling the Satanic Temple's display absolutely objectionable, but suggested it was one a a free society should allow to stand. Reynolds called on all those of faith to pray alongside her and recognize the traditional display honoring Jesus's birth also put up at the Capitol. Wow, that's even crazier. So they're also putting up like a nativity scene and they're still angry that there's different religions yep. thing up. It's ridiculous. It's kind of crazy. It says Reynolds met intense criticism from conservative circles who believed she should leverage her executive powers to remove the display. And that's also how everybody was responding in the comment section to the 
state rep I was referencing, they were like, if you're a real Christian, you would be against this thing. You need to take it down. Like, majority of Christians seem to act that way. Like, Yeah, and it's really a display of their ignorance of what freedom of religion is. I mean, if you're advocating destroying mm-hmm. someone else's religious property, whether it's a temple, whether it's an altar, whether it's whatever, then really... What right do you have to have your religious rights recognized? Even like during the beginning of this war, I guess you would call it. It's really like a genocide going on in Israel. A lot of Christians were showing their true colors when they were calling in, saying like directly on the show, saying to me, well, they believe that their God gave them this land. So what? Should they listen to you or should they listen to their God? Like people yeah. don't actually believe When people believe drag in God into a discussion, I have to wonder, you know, do you really have a leg to stand on? I mean, Muslims are going to claim that God gave them the land right. too. So Is which it, God are we praying to? And it's like, wasn't it a thing where suicide bombers were saying that God was telling them to kill themselves and yeah. sacrifice yeah, and themselves and like, you know what I mean? So it's like, eh, I don't know if that always has yeah. like standing. People just don't think of things as, like, the principle of the matter. That's the no, same exactly. principle. Yeah. The same yeah. idea. No, and this is totally a conservative thing where it's like, I only care about, like, my right. You know what I mean? Yep. They're like, they're all we about need, freedom. We need traditional Christian values in America because America's a Christian. No, America's not a Christian yeah. nation. It wasn't supposed to be. But, but and that's the thing, too, where they're like, they, they're all about freedom and they're all about rights. But it's just the ones that they care about. Or they don't care own. about your rights. They only care about their rights. Right. That seems to be a huge thing with a lot of conservatives, like most conservatives. I wouldn't say all Christians, but definitely almost all conservatives. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, her, the, the governor, Reynolds, was receiving criticism from conservative circles for people who believe she should leverage her executive powers to remove the display. Conservatives staged prayer rallies and protests around the goat-headed statue. Okay. Statue has two T's, so I was wrong earlier. It just keeps looking like statute to me. Um, <laughs> so they stage prayer rallies and protests around the goat-headed statue, all of which are consistent with the First Amendment. Tensions boiled over on Thursday when authorities said a Christian and military veteran tore the Satanic Temple statue's head off before surrendering to law enforcement. And he probably felt like such a hero. You know, it's like so lame. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just so I would say the same thing if a Muslim or somebody went up and tore the Jesus baby out of the nativity scene and acted like they were like a hero yeah. for that. It's Such stupid. It's it, it's definitely a display of cowardice and, you know, yeah. like small minded, small manness. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's so stupid. I just remember being one of those types of religious zealots back in my day and hmm. being like, I just got to have my religious rights and. All that stuff and things like that. And it's like, you know, nowadays I just don't really care. Right. Like, I be- I want my religious rights, but I'm just not dumb enough to think that that means yeah, I'm other just people not, can't. I'm just not dumb enough to go tramp on your religious rights just, yeah. rights just so I can feel superior and say I'm God's chosen here. You're yeah. going to do as I say. Like, who, It's just disrespectful. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's inappropriate. Who in this situation looks more like somebody who is behaving in a way that is like superior morally mm-hmm. not necessarily this guy who broke somebody's property like do you not believe in property rights it's crazy it like is. he yeah. probably doesn't most people don't it's on government property but like it's a statue that belongs to the satanic temple whether you like it being on the government property or not you can see satan as a symbol of evil but 
the symbol of evil has as much right to exist as the symbol of good. And for a lot of people, the symbol of good is Christ. And so these things have a right to exist in the world. If you hide them, if you hide evil from the world, you're going to not see good in the world. You're going to become the evil that you're trying to hide. And isn't the whole point like the light? is able to overcome the darkness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, isn't exactly. that like the whole point of religion? Is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it should be strong enough without... Even yeah. with this goat statue standing there, people should be, you know, like, perfectly happy with their religious, you yeah. know, being, a.k.a. God. Um, and the other thing about it is just, it's a typical, like, tragedy of the commons story. It's like, yes. so you've yeah. been fighting to have governments steal money from people and give it to a fund that is taking care of this building called the Capitol mm-hmm. yeah. building. And you're mad when people want to act like it's common and a common area. So what do you yeah. not believe in taxes now? Because that would be a great way to, and you know, public property, quote unquote, which yeah. doesn't make sense. And is kind of a oxymoron or like, cause that would be the more logical way to go about this be like, hey, wait, I'm just realizing I don't want my money to go towards a satanic statue. So maybe I shouldn't believe in stealing people's money, including my own, and giving it to have this thing called government. In fact, like if you believe something is evil, like this Baphomet or whatever is a statue, it makes more sense to have it at a place like this because that is truly the oh, place absolutely. of evil. The, the yeah, government literally. is the seat of evil. I mean, it makes more right. sense to have a Baphomet statue or a statue dedicated to Satan at a government facility. Right. Um, it says tensions boiled over on Thursday when authorities said a Christian and military veteran tore the Satanic Temple's statue's head off before surrendering to law enforcement to be booked with a count of criminal mischief. In a statement on Facebook, the Satanic Temple described the damage as being beyond repair. Quote, the world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders of the U.S. would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment. Michael Cassidy told RepublicSentinel.com, a conservative news outlet, apparently without providing citations to support his assertion. Quote, I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged. Blasphemy is free speech. Right. Said Cassidy, a former U.S. Navy pilot who has previously run for Congress unsuccessfully in Mississippi. Statist and wannabe politician. Right. Wannabe politicians even worse. (laughs) My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so I acted. Yeah, right. No, you love bureaucratic. Right. You wanted to be part of the government and proclaim your... Your supremacy over somebody based on your religion. Nope. Right. That's, that's just a is. thing. And people love the government until it doesn't serve them anymore and right. it starts trampling on their rights. And listen, that's what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the whole that. purpose. That is the design. So it's like, just because, you know, and they'll say this, they'll be like, oh, if you just follow the law, if you just follow the rules, but then once the rules change and it doesn't serve them anymore, then the they're like, oh statues. my gosh. 
Right. You gotta go this back to the original. This is crazy. Oh, I hate the government now. <laughs> it's like, really? You weren't saying that like a few months yeah. ago. The funniest part is that the government's always trampling their rights too. They're just like, okay, that's fine. Like, you could take my money. Yeah. You can own my property. You can own my property and I'll, I'll be a serf and pay taxes to you. But the moment they start refusing to pay taxes, the government's going to come after them. But that's not their line. Their line is a statue that is a non-living, you know piece of metal probably or whatever it's made of yeah sitting in a certain place like wow what a big deal what a what a line for people it's so stupid it is stupid it's it's to me it's a it's it's a way to display your hypocrisy (laughs) because what you're basically saying is that you want your religion and your religion alone to be represented in the public square well if i if i were a satan worshiper which i'm not and i wanted to have satan in the public square along with your Jesus statues, and you come to me and says, this is blasphemy, I want it torn down, then I'm like, you know, I have the freedom of religion. And that's what these people are saying, and it's actually yeah. kind of a little bit sad for them. I, I mean, I, I don't really care about anyone's, like, religion, like, to that d- degree, to the point where I'm like, I just feel a little sad for these people that, like, they did something non-violent, and it was destroyed, like, property is something that I take more seriously than religion. I'll, I'll say it like that, you know? Bonnie, are you familiar with the parable of the wheat and the tares in the New Testament that Jesus told? I know that it's like, um, it, it started like, <laughs> I just know that it is now a thing that people use as a, like he'll separate the wheat from the shaft or whatever. So I'm using this as an example because here we have, so the parable goes that this farmer is planting wheat in his field and the story is that this enemy comes along and plants weeds in there when it's probably just natural processes. But regardless, the the, the wheat and the the weeds are growing together, and the the servants of the farmer are like, "Well, what do we want? What do you want to do about this?" And the farmer's like, "Well, let's let everything grow together, and eventually we'll se- we'll separate them out." Mm-hmm. And so my attitude is, why not have Christianity and, and Satanism exist in the same square? Let's let, if there is a God, let's let God sort it out. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, wouldn't God have, I I hate to use these kind of arguments. Like, it sounds like I'm being like an atheist. I'm not an atheist. But I think that if your God was the way that, if if God was the way that Christians, God, you know, Christians Bible and stuff describes them. And, you know, a lot of early Christians didn't interpret the Bible this way, but it's now been decreed that they must Interpret it this way, that there's really an anthropomorphic God out there acting the way that the Old and New Testament describe, well, especially the Old Testament describes. Well, if that's how it is, don't you think that God could do something like, you know, strike down the statue? Sure. I mean, if if God was so offended by the statue, why didn't God take care of themselves? It's just kind of hilarious, honestly. But moving on, it says the founder of the conservative group Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, hailed Cassidy as Satan's slayer. On Thursday. No, oh he actually just like broke a statue yeah, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Broke a statue. No Whoa. Satan Slayer. Wow. It says he pledged $10,000 to Cassidy's legal defense. Wow. Mm. Way to what? defend an actual criminal who actually broke property yep. and not be and like also, a good like, person at all. What a waste of $10,000. Seriously. Like, you're just going to throw that and in the trash just, like that? Like, it's just criminal mischief. It's not like some big deal and he's not going to win. Like, he's going to have to plead guilty. He did it. Yeah. You know? So stupid. Criminal mischief isn't like going to put him in jail, I don't think. Unless he has like a huge, you know, history, I guess, whatever it's called. Um, history of committing crimes. I can't think of the word that is. 
says Greaves insinuated that Cassidy's actions were little more than... So it didn't even say who that was, except back at the very beginning of the story. But Greaves is that Lucian Greaves person who works for or is part of the Satanic Temple. says Greaves insinuated that Cassidy's actions were little more than cowardice dressed up as heroism by an aspiring politician. And that's a great way to put it. It's acting as if they're standing up for us when they're really yielding to the whims of an uncomprehending, undemocratic mob. Which is kind of the case. Like, if, if you believe in d- democracy and all this stuff that you say you believe in, that the founders, you know, if you believe in what the founders intended, which includes democracy, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's not very democratic, and it is very, um, well, uh, but a mob, undemocratic mob is a little bit of a oxymoron, too, because mob rule is democracy. So, you know, the first amendment to the United States Constitution, at least the part where it talks about religion, says that Congress shall make no law establishing a recognition of religion, basically. And so I would interpret that as, you know, it's not up to Congress to say this is the right religion of the land. It's the Christian nation. But instead, they should leave that up to the states and the states should adopt. In my opinion, they should continue to adopt that clause because it's important. So the state or the institution of government should not be promoting one religion above another. And by doing so, you know, the, the Satanic Temple has as much right to put a statue of a goat in on government property, which is a common area. And we've, we've discussed this time and time again. They have that right. And by someone coming in and saying, this is a Christian nation, we've got to destroy this, they're essentially saying you don't have a right to exist. And I, I come from Mormonism, and Mormonism has been historically oppressed by various governments because of, you know, not being Christian enough or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous and it's messed up. People believe a thing. It has nothing to do with the government. The government should not have any power to dictate what people can act on as far as their religion. 603-283-6160. We're going to go into the calls when we come back. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And I wanted to tell you about our amplifier program. And I'd like to thank CivPack, who's a silver level amplifier with our amplifier program. That means that CivPack gives at least $5 a month to us through the amplifier program at amps.freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com and he gets to partake of some perks and benefits of being an amplifier and also he gives to us to help us keep the show on the air keep the show running so thank you so much for that civ pack and if you'd like to learn more listener you can go to amps.freetalklive.com the stands for Advertise, market, promote, and support 
www.freetalklive.com. And it looks like we have a caller already on the line again. David in New Mexico, bet you didn't think I'd answer you that quickly. What's on your it's, mind? It's a record. It's a record, <laughs> Bonnie. That is, that is the record. I think so, too. And what? I have a... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but what's on your mind? But, uh, a couple things. One main thing. But uh, first of all, I have uh, a a new word for you that I think you'll enjoy. I think it's called, uh, I think the captain calls these uh, portabellas or something. Portmanteaus. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Portabella. Portmanteau mushroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quickly. The, how, you were talking about the Satan, Satan, Satanist, Satan, Satanism, and you were talking about the state. How about Satanism? There oh, you go, yeah. Satanism. Apparently, um, what is his name? You guys have a similar voice. Um, Ernie Hancock, he created Satanism.com. Like he okay. has the the domain name or whatever, Satanism.com. And that, it's it's a oh, great one. Darn it. I, yeah, I, I, sorry, David. I guess you don't get that one. Don't worry. I, I believe you that you hadn't heard it from him and that you made that up yourself, though. I think it's a pretty good one. It was, it was probably, I, I hear him from time to time, so he probably said it and it was probably in the back of my head. And yeah. Then, uh, and, then, and then the fact that you guys were talking about the state and Satan and the state and, and Satan and the state and <laughs> it just came came together. Yeah, but it, yeah. he is on LRN.FM and he's um, on the radio during the Free Talk Live slot. On Mondays. Yep. In case anybody's wondering who the heck we're talking about. Is that all you had for us today, David? No, no, I no, I got more, but first of all, who, who is she? The, who? Oh, who Nikki? Are you talking about? The, no, 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 no. The the Free Talk Live slot. No, Ernie Hancock. I I don't know. Freedom Phoenix. Yeah. Um oh, oh it's it's Declare okay. Your Independence. Freedom Phoenix is his. Yeah, website. that's yeah, the Declare Your Independence. Got it, okay. All right. Yeah, if I said um, she, so- I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. That's okay. No, I mean, Ernie is a beautiful you. name for a woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ernest. Yeah, yeah, Ernestine. Ernestine. Um, <laughs> you, you guys like secession, so I want to riff on the secession thing and combine it with something you said earlier. But I want to interject also that I, I would beg to differ. I think that the majority of the people that were here at the founding of this country, uh, and and well before the founding of the country for you know fifty, a hundred, hundred and fifty years. I think that the vast majority of them uh, would consider themselves to be Christians. I also think that uh, <clears throat> that especially after the founding documents, that they probably, after debate, probably would have allowed uh, a uh, uh, Satanist display uh, if they were also allowing, um, you know, like Ten Commandment displays, that kind of thing. I think they probably would have allowed that, you know, after they debated it. But you guys are a fan of secession, right? Yeah, oh, yeah I don't absolutely. Think, I don't think we said anything, like, against that. Like, I really don't know. I didn't, like, claim to know that. But but in the article, it did have something where, like, a conservative said, the the founders would never have allowed this. So maybe that's what you're applying to? Um, yeah, well, it, there was two parts there. So one, I, I think he's wrong. I think that the yeah. founders, like I said, after a debate, probably would have allowed it. And and um, I'd agree um, with that. Would it, oh, pardon? I, w- I would agree that they would allow it after some debate. I think there would have been a, a major discussion. It would have been a contentious discussion for sure. Right. But the, the other the other part of it was something that you guys did say. Uh, some one of one of you three had or more than one of you three had mentioned that um, uh, the, the, the nation wasn't founded as a Christian nation. But I think the people that actually founded it 
would argue that that it actually was, but they but they weren't they weren't disallowing other religions, and that's why they threw in the protection there. Even in to paraphrase what I think they were thinking, they were probably thinking something to the effect of, well, you know, we are a Christian nation, but we don't want like happened in Europe, the state and the church ganging up together on the people and declaring that you must be this religion. That's entirely and possible. So, yeah, I mean, they did yeah. reference God in some of their documents, so it, it's possible. I just don't—I think exactly what you're saying, that they wouldn't have put, like, the First Amendment the way they did if they intended for other religions to be disallowed. Right. So, Unallowed. So, uh, moving, on to the, moving on to the secession thing I want to riff on, you guys are a fan of that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the freedom that secession provides— and, and so I want to challenge you on uh, something you had said um, the, uh, about the, it was the, uh, the uh, Electoral College, and, and you, weren't, you weren't a fan of it from what you were saying, but I want to argue the other side and see if you'll come my way a little bit. The, you, you like, you're a fan of secession, you're a fan of freedom, and you are because, like, if New Hampshire were to secede, then the, the rest of the states, the rest of the uh, people outside of New Hampshire would would less be able to tell you in New Hampshire what to do. Is that kind of it? That sounds like my position. Okay, and um, so the, the the electoral college, if you if you study it, analyze it, it helps to actually protect what you say you value because it's it, when the country was founded, it was kind of like secession in reverse. It was like you have these, you know, if you want to call them thirteen colonies 13 states and and they're different peoples they're 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 each one of those was what you want to be if you successfully uh, were able to secede new hampshire from the union they were basically where you want to go and then they said hey um you know what uh if we uh, combine into this union it might help us in this way and this way we're going to lose a little bit here and here and that's and and that's why when they had all of their, their convention or had their convention and their meetings and, and so on, they went on for however many months or years debating all these things. They, they, they were well aware that coming together in a union could, could uh, lose them some of the freedoms that they were enjoying in their seceded state. They were already seceded from one another because there was no union. And so they, ar- they argued all these things, and one of the protections, they put in many, many protections so that they wouldn't be uh, to- totally controlled by the union. And one of them was the Electoral College, because remember, each one of these uh, colonies, states, um, they had their own ideas, and you know, uh, way up north in New Hampshire, um, you probably had some different values and ideas and things of, of, than the people in South Carolina, for instance. And you didn't want the people in South Carolina telling you in New Hampshire what to do. So one of the way, one of the many ways to protect that was to make an electoral college. So let, let's say all of a sudden New Hampshire's got a, a population of uh, 10,006, but for some reason South Carolina got really popular because you know they got nice beaches and warm weather or something, and they all of a sudden they got a, a population of one billion. So now your 10,000 voters. Um, won't get to have any say hardly at all. I mean, David, we we already explained this. Like, so I'm sorry, you're just taking a long time to explain what the electoral college is, and it's like long-winded. Yeah, it's okay. I I just like I mean, we already explained this on there, and we said yeah, yeah, like it 
I get why they do it because it's like now Montana at least has some kind of a say versus New York with way more people. But it's just kind of like that's just like trying to put a Band-Aid on the crap that is democracy and voting for like getting the majority vote to win in a situation like this, which is why we said like if you're going to want to if you're going to do it, just go full fully and do it. And it's like. Because either way, we know it's not actually, quote unquote, fair. It's not really fair for any like for 50 percent of the or 49 percent of the country to not want the person who wins to be the president. And well, tough cookies like it's not. That's our whole point. You see what I mean? Like, I understand why they have it the way it is. It's just that's why to me, I think it's dumb. All of it. The. Yeah. So the 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 idea about that, you know, fifty one percent of the people get to tell the other forty nine percent what to do. Um, if it was straight, com- complete, straight democracy without all the checks and balances, that would be true. That's why we're not a democracy. We're a, a democratic. But the checks and balances aren't real, though. I, I think at one point they yeah. were, and it, it like I understand like why the government was set up the way it was. I did too. But, I mean, I've um, read the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and some things like that. But at the same time, it's like. We keep going back to the past to hopefully trying to fix the problem. And the problem is that we're big, there's a lot of people, and we're all spread out, and it's time we try something different. Yeah, I think we can only like, move working. forward, right? You and know it's much mean? bigger than right. it used I, to be. I agree, I agree with you, but what I'm trying to say is the checks and balances aren't just the three branches. You know, this one checks that one, and that one checks that one, and they all check each other. Yeah. That's not it. The checks and balances that I'm talking about is everything that you do, like when you go Robin Hooding, that's a check and a balance. You, sure. You're putting a yep. check. You're, you're putting a check on the meter maid uh, and, uh, and the gang that she's working for. That's a check and balance. And what I'm saying is if you beef up all of those check and balance, checks and balances, you know, if everybody in the – well, I won't say everybody because Bonnie will jump on my case. <laughs> if a lot of more people are, uh, throughout the country would go out robbing – robbing ho- – robbing. There's a Freudian slip. Oh, robbing no. Robbing hooding. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the, the, I guess the government is the one doing the robbing. But if, they, if everybody – well, there we go again. If a lot of people, a lot more people would go out and do robbing hooding then it might uh, uh, have a, a greater effect of people being aware of the, the thievery that the government yeah. is uh, doing toward you in, in regards to your money. But, but yeah. uh, remember, we were, we, were founded, we were founded not as a democracy, but as a democratic uh, uh, constitutional republic. And it was founded that way on purpose because they were afraid of pure democracy would be, that w- would be mob rule, would truly be 51% telling 49% what they could and couldn't do. Yeah, I understand that, David. But thank you for the call and thank you for the like getting into all that history and stuff. I I, I mean, yeah, he's making some very fair points. He is. You know? He's I making just, some I, really good points. I mean, checks and balances are really great in a government system. But I think he thought we didn't understand that how being it said, when we were not, talking not everyone, about how it worked. That, you know? that being going back to the checks and balances. Not that being said, with checks and balances, not. All people are going to want to go Robin Hooding or do civil disobedience and do all these things. Some people are, most people, in fact, just want to live their lives and forget that they've still got to check and balance the government. Right. Like, I shouldn't and have to do that. And it shouldn't just be done at the ballot box either. It's just like, it shouldn't, yeah, other shouldn't people's decisions, like people who just want to live their life, they're okay. Then you shouldn't have any say over mine. Like, if you yeah. don't care about all this stuff, you know what I mean? But I'm moving on. Gigi in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Good evening. 
Hey, I agree with everybody. For a change, it is a refreshing change. When David from New Mexico calls with an intelligent contribution of a positive nature. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, here is a great civics lesson for all my fellow listeners out there in radio land. As a former political science professor and hardcore board member of the Miami ACLU chapter, never should you see on the steps of any courthouse State, municipal, small claims, appellate, federal, or other. Any type of religious symbol, whether it's satanic, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That reinforces separation Mm. of church and state. That reinforces checks and balances. You want to celebrate? Celebrate publicly, privately, on public property or private property. So and Gigi, that's my contribution. Thank you for the contribution. I do have a question for you, Gigi. Yes, sir. You've said on the show that you're Jewish. You you wouldn't want a Jewish symbol on a government no, property? No, sir. Not on the courthouse okay. steps. As a matter of fact, permit me an extra moment to share a personal story just about that. Almost 10 years ago, I got married in a civil ceremony to my husband, who was also Jewish. We were both married in a civil ceremony. We had to go to the Charleston Courthouse in downtown Charleston to get our marriage certificate. The Fed, excuse me, the judge that my husband clerked for after graduating Howard School of Law in D.C. married us. It was very special to us both because Jeffrey had a wonderful, special, professional, and personal rapport with the judge, and he was the first African-American judge appointed in South Carolina, we don't have judges elected, to the probate and mental health courts. Mm. So it was very special to us. When we entered the courthouse, I had only been living in Charleston for about six months. Our anniversary is December 30th. What do I see inside the courthouse? Oh, my goodness. I was going, can't flush the potty. You have to speak like a lady. Shall we say I was going ballistic? And I kept telling my husband, what is all of this? I saw Christmas trees next to each clerk's window. I saw big Christmas trees all decorated by the escalators. Hmm. So me and my big mouth, I admit wholeheartedly, (laughs) went up to one of the, I don't know what he was, he looked like an usher in a red sports coat standing by the escalator. I said, why is there so much Christmas symbols all over a public governmental entity? So he said, lady, it's Christmas. What's wrong with you? My wow. my husband got nerv my husband got nervous and pulled on my dress and said, Gigi, be quiet, let's go get our certificate. <laughs> I was livid and to this day everybody 
all the hosts and everybody listening. I still have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can don't see that. want to see anything. And you know what? For many years, I worked as a researcher for the Attorney General's Civil Rights Division in the state of Florida when Jeb Bush was governor. And, excuse me, what was very interesting was that when Charlie Crist took over as governor for one term in Florida as a Republican, he had a mezuzah on his door entering his main office in the state capitol. Is Not the governor's mansion, one but of those the clay? state capitol building. It's like those clay he things that are closed up. by the ACLU who filed suit. Get rid of it. No huh. religious symbols. How do you like that? And I was totally okay with it. I mean, it yeah. makes sense, right? Like, I don't feel like it is the place for any that's sort of right. religious symbols. I mean, like, if it was Put his it office, I think house? that's one thing, but... Right. But when you're so working for... my contributions Thank you, tonight. Gigi. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you're, you know, one of those people who understands it like it goes both ways i think she's very consistent yeah yeah, Yeah. she's very consistent that's what i like about her she's such a great caller she's intelligent she speaks what she she, she's very good at articulating her points absolutely yeah if we're going to have this discussion about whether a religious icon should be on government property i would agree with Gigi. let's have no religion government no religious icon icon i have no idea what i'm talking about but (laughs) no religious Yes, exactly. No <laughs> religious symbolism you. on any government property whatsoever. Let's not have any religious symbolism. Yeah, and I think that, like, with the previous article that we were discussing, I mean, that kind of, like, takes care of it. Oh, absolutely. I don't, and I think in, like, public places, like, it's it's nice when, like, the downtown area is kind of, like, decorated for the holiday season, Um but I think that's different than like an actual, like the state house or the Capitol building, like an actual government building. I don't, I don't really, I mean, maybe some seasonal decoration, like you can, I, I'm not offended by decorations, but I, I don't think it should be like any sort of religious symbolism. I just don't really think it's the place because then, it, you know, we fall back into the trap of, oh, well, everyone needs to be represented, right? So we have Christmas trees and menorahs yeah. and then, yep, we're going to have to put, you know, a big statue of Satan there too. And then like somebody's going to get offended. And I think it's just easier if we just don't. And it's not really the place. I You know, if you want to put a Christmas tree, you know, in Keene Central Square, it looks nice, whatever. That's one thing, but. But I think as far as like, you know, government buildings go, it's like, why is there? It's kind of you know like, what I mean? It's like, just this. Yeah. You're not going to put a statue eternal, of Jesus there. Like, it's weird. It's this eternal, stupid argument that doesn't really get to the um, actual basis of what, what we're talking about here. The whole tra- tragedy of the commons. Like, I want to use it for this. How about we just don't steal from each other to create this yeah. building where we all have different ideas of what to do there? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, private property really solves this. It's like, and if you don't want to go there, you don't have to go there. But, like, people are being forced to, like, I am forced to go to the town hall to, like, register my car or whatever I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm forced to go to the courthouse when I'm summoned to court. Or if you don't have to go there, you're still forced to pay for its maintenance. Yeah, even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Mm -hmm. But, Nikki, you brought in a story. I did, yeah. About a 
kid that got adopted without his dad's consent, which is absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, so this is from ABC News. Father fights for baby girl placed for adoption without his knowledge or consent, which is absolutely horrific and terrifying. So this happened in Hillsborough County, Florida. Oh, he's scared um, me for a second. St- yeah, no, not, not in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. So standing in his daughter's bedroom, um, Brandon Martellis tried to fight back tears. So I'm assuming he's being interviewed by the person from mm-hmm. ABC and in the nursery that was set up for his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's hard, Mont- Mont- Martellis said. Sometimes I can come in here and sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. Martellis's only child is a daughter he has never met. I had books for her, a few toys, tons of clothes. I'm getting ready to give them away because I know they're not going to fit her anymore, hmm. Martellis said. Mm. Sounds oh my like goodness. a huge tragedy. This sounds extremely sad, but we're going to get into it when we come back. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Radio that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call in this last segment to get in on the show with us and talk about whatever is on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And in the last segment, we had a few calls and we were talking about religious freedoms and checks and balances in the United States. But We've moved on, and we're talking about this story from ABC, Nikki, you said? Yep. Yep. ABC Action News. So this is a story about a gentleman whose daughter was placed for adoption without his knowledge or consent. Um, and he's currently, this is like the um, like the outline of him being interviewed by uh, a reporter at ABC. Mm-hmm. So uh, his daughter will turn two in January. Martellis took a picture with his child's mother two days before she gave birth. Hands on her, talking to my daughter through her stomach. You know, I was there, I was with her, Martellis said. We had her name picked out and everything. So this guy is like, and then uh, below it shows a picture. The picture in question a couple days before she gave birth. Um, of him like touching it, her stomach? Or yeah, something? yeah. So it looks like they're a couple at this point. Um, and essentially he was... Completely blindsided by what wow. happened next. Hmm. So uh, pictures then turned to panic, Martellis said. The day before their daughter was born, he texted to ask if she was going to the hospital the next day. She said she thought so. He responded by asking if she was going to come outside when she was going. No response. That doesn't really make sense. I think I don't what they're what- trying to say is that she didn't respond to his text on whether she's yeah yeah but i don't know what they mean by um 
he responded by asking if she was going to come outside and when she was going. Oh, okay. So he was just asking when she's going to the hospital. Okay. I know. I wonder why I um, said outside. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I don't yes. really know exactly what that meant. But then Martelise said, I was told that my daughter passed away. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. In a court filing. Yeah, this is quite, quite the, quite the journey. Um, then Martelise, oh, in a court filing, Martelise said the mother of his child told him the child had died due to sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS. Hmm. I couldn't accept it. I needed to see, Martelise said. I'm going to hospital and they're calling security on me because I'm here looking for my daughter and I can't find her. Hmm. Then nearly three weeks after their daughter was born, the mother sent two texts to Martelise. I have her and I got the baby. So this is a, a big difference from one second she's dead and then one second he, oh, I've she's got her. Yeah. sending, oh, I've got her. I have the baby. It that, seems like, is this guy possibly a mega into his? He kind of like mentally disabled. It seems like I, it's a little weird, like the way he talks and. Yeah. The, I, I, I also think the uh, article's kind of written a little weird, but. Yeah, um, but it's like, it's a little weird. It's like, I, I was in love with her and she's like does, I don't know does yeah like why wouldn't he be at the birth yeah like, like why wouldn't she want him there where maybe was she? they like, maybe they weren't together the the picture mm. kind of made it seem I mean he's touching her belly um the picture kind of looks like they're I mean it's not a very good picture but it it mm-hmm. looks like they would be a couple I mean like I wouldn't want someone touching me like that if they weren't the father of my child. You know what I mean? I mean, he is obviously the father, but like if we weren't in a relationship, yeah, but yeah. maybe, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, but it, it seems like they probably aren't in a relationship based on like, why wouldn't you want him there? Like that's yeah, kind of right. weird. And why would you lie to him um, about giving it away? Yeah. That's, but yeah, the whole thing is very strange. So does the article get into why the mom gave the child away? Well, let's find out. That news marked the start of a new nightmare for Martelise with him texting her, I want to see my baby. I found out from a CPS lady that there was a baby that was born, a newborn that was still alive, and I reached out to see, I reached out to someone that worked for her, the adoption agency that she told me about, Martelise said. I felt like, okay, well, I'm the father, I'm her dad, I can take a test, I can prove I'm her dad, my daughter's alive. Martelise is fighting for custody while the child is with protective adoptive parent, uh, pros- prospective mm. adoptive parents through the agency Heart of Adoptions. According to court documents, the day after his baby was born, before he, he said he even knew it, the mother consented to adoption and named Martelise as a man who might have interest in the minor child. Shouldn't that be like, okay, well, then they, the baby doesn't get to go anywhere until Martelise says so? You'd think so, but she so didn't weird. list him on the birth certificate. Oh, okay. And um, wow. it, it, this, this is why I brought this in, because it really just dives into how fathers have no rights. And yeah. it's awful, awful. And I think it's, it's, it's worse if you're not married. Mm-hmm. So, court documents show the adoption agency said the termination of parental rights was not required because they were not married. Wow. He wasn't listed on the birth certificate, wow. was not on the punitive father registry, a little known state registry for fathers to claim paternity, 
and had not paid a fair and reasonable amount of living and medical expenses in connection with the pregnancy and birth. So wait, he huh. was on that list or he wasn't? He wasn't. Oh. So you'd think like his DNA would be enough. Would be enough. Right. Like he's yeah, her father. And this is horrifying for any man who is in a situation like this that your ch- children can be stolen from you. If it, It's just really sad because there's so many cases where women's rights kind of trump men's rights in these sense, especially when it comes to like family court, um, yeah. any sort of like divorce court, um, parental rights, like the woman typically is going to get her way. Yeah, typically. Um, even when it's not, even when it doesn't make sense and even when it's it's not right. So I this is like a, this just really outlines like how well, crazy this whole thing is. I have a friend here in New Hampshire who like has went through that crap with his daughter and his ex-wife and stuff. Yeah. And he says as much as that is true, he has taken a lot less of the, you know, it's like all about fathers don't have rights and mothers can get away mm-hmm. ever since he really got into it because he was meeting tons and tons and tons of women who the same crap was happening to yeah. them like oh the dad has all the money so he had and the I've money seen to that, get I've lawyers. seen that happen before it's like whoever yeah so it can just go like both the problem ways. is the government you yes know? absolutely yeah like, the government yeah, the system be is not is is broken um they were trying to ask me so this is March Lee's again they were trying to ask me if I would that she's going to a great home and all this and I I couldn't hear that I cut off. Wow. I said, oh, no, well, she's, she's going to a great home. What? It's, that's, it's, it's not a freaking hamster. Imagine. Yeah, imagine. Not. Yeah, it's not a dog. Yeah. Imagine someone saying this to you about your child. I can't even imagine it. That's so sad. Yeah. He said, I cut off. I said, no, she's not. Over my dead body. She's not. Martelis said out of his conversation with Heart of Adoptions. So this is him speaking with the adoption agency. And they're and trying to be like. freaking gross. Like, they know that there is a biological father that's interested in raising yes, the daughter. And they're, they're stealing, they don't care what's, like, best for the kid. They're stealing his baby. Like, that's it's crazy. It's insane. It's for profit, profit probably. Probably. So he filed a petition to determine paternity and filled out the registry the same month his daughter was born. So he did it almost immediately. Like once like once he found out she was alive, he took the steps he needed to to get custody. I am willing to do whatever it takes to be given custody of my daughter and be in her life, Martelise wrote in court records. I am willing to pay whatever form or support it costs or takes. Martelise denied he was aware of the mother's adoption plan in May 2021 and denied he provided no financial support during her pregnancy. He stated he didn't maintain contact with the child because the mother and the adoption people, quote unquote, prevented it. Oh, so they're trying to like claim that oh well he wasn't in contact with the child. And it's like why does he need to pay for her like prenatal care? It's probably some state. You know what law. I mean? Like, what is that? But it's like that's probably all coming through insurance. Like, what is yeah. what is he required to pay for? Um, the I team contacted the attorney for the adoption agency, who said Mr. Mart- Martelis was afforded every right he was entitled to under the law, and that the court simply reached a decision that Mr. Martelis disagrees with. So, according to them, you know, family court just didn't rule in his favor. 
I understand there's people that might not be able to have kids and they might need kids, but they can have ones that people are not able to take care of. I can take care of my baby, Martelis said. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, David Hurwitz, Martelis's attorney, said it's a fight with the law that favors adoption agencies. It's very difficult to navigate it and it's hard to fight against it. It needs reform. It's just insane to me that the adoption agency has more rights than this biological father. Seriously. Like that is yeah, insane. Yeah, it's really insane. Well, what's the point of adoption agencies if they're taking kids away from their parents instead of just giving to the couples who yeah. need that? That's child trafficking. That's straight yeah, up. Yeah, they're so stealing his child, child trafficking, and it's it's insane because the mother wanted to put the baby up for adoption, and so it's basically like her her right as a parent trumped his mm-hmm. it's just insane it's like you don't have to take care of it lady like you could just give it to the dad like yeah. I, that's yeah. why i don't really get or, what her problem or is. better yet just use birth control or something yeah that's the other yeah. thing it's like it was a little dumb for him you know i hate to say like dumb but like maybe he should have realized that like if you're not married to this lady shouldn't be trying to have a kid with her because they have all the I mean, accidents happen sure. yeah but i mean i don't know Like, he didn't set himself up for not this happening, and I'm not, like, blaming him, but I'm I'm saying that... It was a poor poor mate selection. Yeah, a lot of people make stupid decisions when it comes to kids. Um, I I just, like, I think it's weird to be so careless about it. Uh, Yeah, it is. Like, I've always had that in the forefront of my mind while dating. Like, I'm not going to try to get... I'm not trying... Making any... I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that there's no way I'm getting pregnant because I don't want a kid right now, you know, at any point in time, like not right this second. And if I were to get pregnant, would this be like a good person to have a kid with? I would honestly never have sex with someone that I didn't feel comfortable like having a child with. Even in cases like when I was a teenager and I was like not ready, you know, obviously like at that point I was like, using forms of contraception like I was practicing safe sex so I didn't get pregnant when I was you know not ready for it um but even like all of my boyfriends it was like I was like if I get you know what I mean like I was never in a position where I I wouldn't just like carelessly yeah have sex with someone who I would think would be a bad father yeah and like I've, I've definitely made terrible judgment calls in that in that case as in like guys i've dated actually ended up sucking but a lot of times guys will like trick you that they aren't the person they are until a few months in or whatever so this is where i would disagree with nikki on this and we have different preferences you know for me sex is a connecting act and i would only have sex with someone i really care about and so that's where i would disagree with you i mean i i wouldn't look at them and say oh are they gonna make a great mother i'm looking at them do i really care about this person enough to sleep with them yeah I mean, I, I, I think I would like that as well. Okay. Um, But I, I think especially like being a woman where it's like, yeah, you might get... Pra- I, I mean, like, and obviously like being a man as well, you have to think like practicing safe sex, like I don't want to get this person pregnant. Right. So... Attract the cycle, um, get a vasectomy, things like that. Yeah, use condoms. I mean, there's yeah. so many forms of contraception, but um, but yeah... I mean, and accidents happen, like whatever, people have one night stands, you get drunk at the bar, accidentally get pregnant, like things happen. Um, But yeah, I think I see a lot of poor mate selection. I I saw this um, Twitter post. I'm assuming it was a, it, it seemed like she was serious and she looked like the type of girl to seriously say this, but it was a post that said, 
man, I wish we could pick our baby daddies. What? And it's like, huh. you can't. Like, Wait, that was a tweet you said? Yeah, it was a tweet. <laughs> it, but like, and it was like some like ghetto person, obviously, wow. tweeting that. But That's it was so like. stupid. Wait, yeah, I can't just even don't get under- pregnant. What was she thinking when she wrote that? Like, it sounds like. I think I think so she, it was just like very common to accidentally get pregnant and it's like oh I wish I could you know I wish I could have chose this person and it's like well you chose to have sex with them yeah, like unprotected sex I'm just so like you in, in utter shock and yeah yeah it's like it makes it sound like she's like in some housemaids wait what's it called uh, handmaid's, handmaid's tale, tale yeah. such, I wish we could pick our baby daddy like yeah what? it's like you you, you can't, can you did Technically, I technically did. But yeah, so I, I just think of stuff like that where people are just like so low IQ where it's like, oh my gosh. I think, um, I think it has to come down to proper sex education. Like, right. I don't think a lot of Americans have good sex education. I know I didn't no, get not, really good yeah, sex no. education as a kid. When, yeah, the abstinence. Yeah, like that that's doesn't work. Sold. You know, no. abstinence, you gotta have, you can't have sex until you're married. Well, we're human. We're going to explore stuff like yeah. this. And so it's like. My grandma. It, this was obviously in the 60s because my dad was born in early 1970. She was 16 and she told her boyfriend who ended up being my grandpa that she was 18 and she got pregnant and they had to run away to a different state. But she told me like straight up, she was not joking or, or being she was being serious. She told me that whenever she got pregnant, she was telling her baby daddy, my grandpa, he was like. I, I don't know. She said something along the lines of she was like, I didn't know this could happen. He was like, what do you think men have a button on them they can press? And she was yeah. like, she was like, wait, you do? Like, she thought that that was serious. She, she just didn't know. Serious. Yeah. She had no yeah. idea that the there was like I'm trying to make yeah. such people, a risk. People need to be educated about absolutely safe sex. If mm-hmm. you're going to have sex with somebody. Make sure it's with someone you care and, about. And uh, like least. responsibilities. Yeah, be too. responsible for your yeah. body. People are responsible for right. your body. I think your body. Um, there's like so much lack of responsibility in um, just like in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you, I, you know, I know girls who are like essentially using abortion as a form of birth control. Oh my God. And it's like, girlfriend, like just that. It, one, it's. That's bad One, it's like, you. okay, like there's physically. moral, there's a moral side to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like physically, like for your body, like yeah. that is so bad for your body. Like it's wow. so unhealthy for like you. Do over yeah. and, over again. and it's like, you might as well just get on the birth. Like there yeah. are, you know, birth like control is less bad for you as bad as I absolutely. think it is. And it's like most people that qualify for like any sort of health insurance. It's like, that's yeah. usually covered within your health insurance yeah or like not that expensive a lot cheaper than a kid or an abortion i mean an abortion is like 500 dollars with insurance i'm i'm pretty sure that's Um, actually cheaper than i would have thought i think that's like the what people pay if they have insurance i mean obviously it depends like if you have insurance and and all of those things and abortion is about the same price as like lip injections Huh. Yeah, well, and Treated that's the same. And, that, and I think that's why it's so like people are so careless with it. It's like you know, yeah. It's just it's it's really um, yeah. It's it's really eye opening. Um, but th- this article goes on to say, earlier this year, the I team shared the story of Ulysses Carwise, a father whose story is shared by others but rarely told because the cases are not public. Carwise is still fighting for his daughter more than five years after she was born and signed over to an adoption agency without his knowledge or consent. 
Carwise's story inspired other Tampa Bay area fathers to contact the I-team saying they, too, are in an uphill battle to establish parental rights. In October, a judge decided because Marta Lees had not provided any financial or medical support since the child's birth... Uh, he wasn't given an opportunity. No. Uh, his yeah. consent was not required to move forward with an adoption. What the heck does she that even should... mean? Like, in a day? And yeah. then, like, without any... He, like, he already what... had bought stuff for the baby, yeah, so like, he technically did. financial support... And it's like, in a world where your insurance pays for everything, what financial support is required? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not... I, I just don't know what they mean. And, like, mean. did she ask... Maybe. She probably didn't ask if she was tra- planning on just telling him that the baby died. I mean, that's insane. And to, and to lie about that, it's like, yeah. She obviously is like, something's wrong with her. So this just makes me think like, these are some people with like mental problems. They looked, I and I, I hate to say this because I don't like to be judgmental, but in the photo, they looked pretty ghetto. Like hmm. she, she looked, she, yeah, she looked like, I don't know. Trashy. To even do this, like that's, this is a, a bad thing to do. To it's, not that, it's not that bad to say that somebody looked trashy because there are like, there are things that people do in a society to look not trashy. And, like, if you're not doing that, brushing your hair, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Like, I don't know. Then so, you can't really control what other people say. You so this I mean? is uh, Marta Lee's continuing. She should be here in this house, Marta Lee said. I'm the one who can love her. No one can do that like I can. Hmm. And so, And true. he's not giving up this fight, which I really commend him for. I mean, this is horrific. Like, this is so sad. It is a, a little... It's definitely really sad that this is happening. And yeah. And it happens... Hopefully it has a good end. Clearly yeah. to more than this guy. Yeah. Uh, attorneys told the I-team the window of time to appeal the case has closed. Martelene... Martelise maintains he will continue fighting for his daughter. There's a lot of fathers out there that are being robbed, that are good dads, that would... That are great dads... Something needs to be done about this. We need some help. So if there's anyone, so if anybody can hear us, we need some help, Martelly said. So he's basically like pleading to the world, to anyone who can. It's just sad. Because obviously like this guy has limited resources. Like he hired an attorney, but it's like, I mean, he can't like campaign and change laws. He can try, but it's like. One person can only do so much. And, it does um, and I'm like, so glad that ABC is like bringing light to this. Right. And this is kind of an example of like when I was saying I, I don't care for the the whole rhetoric around like, oh, well, shootings, you know, police violence, like, un, you know, it, it affects black people more than other people. I don't care for that anymore, like that type of rhetoric anymore, because it's like that's just kind of like putting down, like, the importance of, like, white people being also um, abused by police. And this is an exact example of the same exact principle. Like, because people are always so worried about, like, women's rights, women's rights, well, sometimes when things like this happen to men, nobody cares. Like, there is not as many people listening as, like, if this story was about a woman getting her baby taken away. And I think, um, and we see that with like male suicide rates and depression and stuff like that. It's like men actually commit suicide successfully more than women. Like the the rate, I don't know the exact percentage, but men are more likely to be successful. Um, But you don't hear about it as much. Like Like it's more, like you hear about the feminine issues more, especially when it comes to like mental health, parental rights, stuff like that like we 
it, there are isn't always a lot of light shown on a lot of the male struggles hmm. and it is it is really you know like you hear about a lot of well, deadbeat baby daddies but you don't always hear about a man who is fighting custody for his child's for years yeah. and, and then there was another guy five years his daughter was five years old it's crazy it is a little crazy and fathers should have as much rights as mothers i think Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's half of his DNA at the end of the day. Like that is half his child. Um, I think to a certain extent, like as far as like the birth process goes, like the woman is the one that's giving birth. So I think she should call the shots as far as like her um, like prenatal care and her like birth care. But as far as parenting, I mean, it's insane to say that a father doesn't have a right over his own child if he doesn't want it put up for adoption. Yeah, like the baby was out just, of her body at Just that because point. they weren't married and because she didn't list him on the birth certificate. It's just a bunch of like, like she lied government stuff. to him. You know? I mean, he had the text messages saying like where she said her daughter died. Like, yeah, that's insane. It, it, the whole thing is completely insane. This is another example of like the government. It doesn't have common sense, obviously. Like it can't utilize common sense. It just checks boxes. Like, yeah. oh, war, did you give um, financially to the baby since it's born? It was taken away from me and sense. lied yeah. Yeah. about. And I have this text that no, uh, you didn't give financial support. Yeah, to, it makes to the absolutely baby. no sense. And imagine being the adoptive parents knowing yeah, like that the father people. is out there. Yeah. The biological father knowing that they that he wants his daughter and, and imagine like being in the way of that. Like there are so many children who don't have loving fathers. Oh, there are absolutely. so many children in foster care right now that need a family and you're going to choose one that has a family that wants to love it. Like it just doesn't. Oh, Skeeter. It's, yeah. Sorry, Skeeter. I see you're on hold, but it looks like it's the end of the show. Oh, so no. So you're going to have bummer. to call back tomorrow, Skeeter. It's free, been Free Talk Live. You can go to freetalklive.com for more and go check out all our socials from there. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace. you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com